Welcome to High School Football, powered by TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Time for the action. Let's get down to the field. You, you are listening live to the second round of the NCHSAA 4A Western Regional State Playoffs. East Forsyth, 9-1 on the season, on the road to take on Audrey Kell here in South Charlotte. Desmond Johnson, Hot Rod Funderburg here with you live in Charlotte for this second round matchup between these two top teams in the 4A, the 4A West, the uh, the bludgeoning of the 4A West region last week. A lot of triad teams ended up biting the dust, but there's still some top teams still alive and kicking, Rod, and uh, one of those teams is this East Forsyth Eagles team looking to make it to their third state championship in the past four seasons. Yeah, East Forsyth is a team that is always in the hunt. You can never count East Forsyth out, Diz. And uh, as far as they're concerned, this is just the third, third phase of their season. And they've been enjoying every bit of this season. You know, they've had one loss this year by rival Reagan, Ronald Reagan High School up in Pofftown, uh, which is uh, just right across the county yeah. from Kernersville. Yeah. So big deal there. And now we're... At the second round of the state playoffs, and East Forsyth is taking on Audrey Kale. And I tell you what, I look for this to be a good game from both sides. I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of going to be a lot of good talent on this field, Des. And, you know, Des, what do you expect to really see here tonight from both these squads? I, I don't know, but I do know the, my first, my very first thought when I pulled into the stadium, A, it's a beautiful stadium. It, uh, is. it is a gorgeous stadium here at Audrey Kale. But my, to be honest, Rod, my first thought when I walked in with the equipment and I looked out and I saw that this field was artificial turf, mm -hmm. I, I was just like, that might be more of a benefit for East Forsyth than it is for Audrey Kell. I'm not sure oh, if wow. they understand what's coming in here in terms of like overall team speed for East Forsyth. I don't think they've played on artificial turf this year. But I, I promise you their coaches, when they came out and saw what was on the field, they probably got a little excited too knowing what they have uh, speed-wide at the skill positions, offense and defense. Uh, for East for Scythe. East, as we mentioned at the beginning of the program, uh, two-time state champions over the past couple of years. They won in 2018 and 2019. Uh, last year fell a bit short in the first round of the playoffs. They actually fell to their rival Glenn uh, at, uh, in those playoffs in the spring. Now reloaded, rejuvenated. Head coach Todd Willard looks to take this fight in Eagles team back to the Chapel Hill, back to another state championship opportunity, which would be their third state championship appearance in the past four seasons. But first, they got to get past this Audrey Kell team. Uh, a little bit later on here in the pregame, Rod's going to give you his keys to the game for both sides, what they need to do to emerge victorious from this. We've got uh, a little bit of a high school football preview with the, uh, the Greensboro News and Record and Winston-Salem Journal's very own Joe Serrera, who's with me every Friday afternoon on uh, Franchise Players. He'll review not only this contest, but the contest. Grimsley has a uh, matchup against Porter Ridge. They're hosting that in Greensboro right now. Glenn has a uh, matchup against Myers Park. The winner of the Glenn Myers Park matchup will face the winner of this matchup. So you know there's a lot of ears, Rod, in Kernersville paying attention not only to this game, but the Glenn versus Myers Park, because we might get a battle of K-Vegas Cup uh, Part 2 next Friday everything goes according to plan yeah that will be great for K Vegas of course and uh, these two rival teams the Glenn Bobcats East Forsyth Eagles they have a serious rival their rival is so bad Diz that I think the last in the last context just a few weeks ago there were so many flags I've never <laughs> seen that many flags and I'm not talking about holding an offsides and the illegal man downfield I'm talking about personal foul after the play 
dead ball type uh, penalties happening in that game, man. So that would be very interesting to see to see a second matchup between the Glenn Bobcats and the East Forsyth Eagles. But we cannot look past this game right here. Uh, you know, the East Forsyth Eagles have to come in and take care of business here. The Glenn Bobcats have to take care of business as well. And neither one of the teams and opponents that they're playing is going to make it easy. These Audrey Kell Knights, they have a heck of a quarterback. Their quarterback has an arm. Uh, he seems to be fairly efficient. And, uh, Dez, I, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen tonight. And tonight is such a beautiful night. It's a crisp night it right is. now. I thought it was going to be much colder than what it is, but it's not too bad. I still have my gloves in reserve. They are <laughs> in my bag. And, of course, I do have my beanie, or some people call them toboggans. Yes. And that's waiting to go on my head as well if we need to. And that's only because we're outside. And I didn't realize that we were going to be outside. And I was really – well, you did tell me earlier we would be outside, but I was thinking we can't be outside outside. I was thinking like chicken coop, like on top of right. a chicken coop type of right. deal. But, but it's I, not too bad. No, actually, the, uh, their roof is actually set up better than a lot of press boxes that we've been in. Uh, <laughs> it's actually covered. There's a roof on top of it. It's fenced so we can't fall off or anything crazy like that. And it's actually a great vantage point uh, in terms of what, us, what we're able to see for the field. So we're looking forward to it. We expect a really good game. East for Sipe, Audrey T Kell getting ready to get after it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Joe Serrero will get us set up for the other area teams that are going to be participating. Reedsville still alive and kicking. They've got a hard 2A West uh, bracket to get through. Dudley is playing Ledford tonight. So there's a lot of local teams still around, a lot of powerhouse teams still around in the triad. We'll get you set up for all that and more. You're listening to the high school football game of the week. East Forsyth versus Audrey Kell, second round of the 4A state playoffs here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Hey, Pops, where do you want to go eat tonight? I'm going to go get me some good southern cooking at Ball Brothers down by the airport in Winston. No, Pops. It's Bell Brothers, and they closed years ago. It's Taste of the Triad now. Taste of the Triad? Is it in the old Ball Brothers building? Yup. Can I still get baked chicken and collard greens? Sure can. How about neck bones, meatloaf, and pork chops? Taste of the Triad has all that. So they ain't got pinto beans, tater salad, mac and cheese, or fried okra? Pops, they have all that, plus homemade cakes and cobblers and sweet potato pie. Well, then I don't care what they call it. Let's go eat. Taste of the Triad. Open daily for lunch with $5.99 specials from 11 to 2 and chef specials daily. Don't miss the Saturday brunch from 9 to 1 and the soulful Sunday dinner when you come out of church full of the word but hungry for Southern comfort food. Taste of the Triad in the old Bell Brothers building at Old Walkertown Road and North Liberty in Winston-Salem. That's good Southern cooking. Sedgefold Lawn and Landscape Supplies, your one-stop shop for your lawn. Family-owned, serving customers residential or commercial. Check out our large selection of mulch, pine needles, sand, gravel, grass seed, fertilizer, herbicides. They even do propane fill-ups. And if you're looking for lawn care equipment, you won't find a better spot in the triad than Sedgefold Outdoor Equipment. Visit them today, 5111 Mackey Road in Jamestown, North Carolina. Give them a call at 336-292-6800 and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Craving fried chicken? Stop by One Stop on the way to the big game. One Stop number 6, located at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville, serves fresh fried chicken and famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Craving wings? Come try the new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters in a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular, hot, ranch, or spicy. One Stop number 6, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. 
Enter your softball team into the Diamond Star K-Vegas Fall Futures Invitational November 20th and 21st at Ivy Redmond Park in Kernersville. Four-game guarantee per team with a single elimination tournament. 12 and up and 14 and up accepted. Team cost is $595 with a gate fee included. Winning teams in each age division will receive free entry into a 2021 or 2022 Diamond Star tournament of their choice. For more information, visit DiamondStarEvents.net. This is Davis Troxler, the proud owner of North Carolina Golf Academy and the director of instruction. Don't let your golf game suffer from this dreary winter season. Come hit some golf balls, take a lesson. You can call us at 336-324-2374 for details. Thank you and keep it in the fairway. Welcome back here to Audrey Kell Stadium here in South Charlotte. East Forsyth taking on Audrey Kell in the second round of the 4A Western Regional Playoffs here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. You can hear this game on WTOB in Forsyth County. That's 980 AM, 96.7 FM, or just stream it on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Glenn versus Myers Park is also on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com tonight. And if you're in Guilford County, you can hear that game with J.P. Mundy and Coach Resignaler from the Carolina Cobras on WCOG, 1320 AM. Got a chance to catch up with the Greensboro News and Records, Joe Serrera. He gave us a little bit of a lowdown about what to expect about the other games around uh, the triad tonight in the second round of the playoffs. With me, who uh, who was with me every Friday, dissecting high school football as we get deeper and deeper now into November, the Greensboro News and Record and Winston-Salem Journal high school writer Joe Serrera. Joe, what's going on, man? It was kind of a rough uh, Friday last week for area high school football teams across all classes as I, I watched the scoreboard uh, updates come in. I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of a Black Friday, no question about that. But uh, there are some very good football teams from the triad still playing. So there's only three teams remaining in the 4A uh, in the West in our, our coverage area here, mm-hmm. Grimsley, East Forsyth, and Glenn. What loss surprised you the most from the triad last Friday? Um, probably Reagan uh, losing to uh, Porter Ridge. I thought I thought this Reagan team could really do some damage in the playoffs based on how how close they came to beating Grimsley. The fact that they're the only team to beat East Forsyth. There, there were a lot of things to like about them, starting with John Gallette. But um, the other one that was probably second most surprising was Northern Guilford losing at home to Lake Norman. The common denominator in both of those games, the teams that lost were playing a team that runs the triple option. It's something you don't see that much anymore. It's one of those things where uh, you can't make mistakes and give them extra possessions, and that happened in both losses. So uh, I want to get to, because Porter Ridge will be taking on Grimsley here in a bit, and I'm curious to see how that that running game uh, will match up against Grimsley's defense, now led by uh, Travis Shaw, who missed the majority of the regular season, came back triumphantly a couple of weeks ago, and now Grimsley may actually have one of the top defensive fronts in the entire state with the, uh, the three kids that they have playing on that line. But I pulled four games of local interest for us to discuss. Let's start down in 3A. Dudley's 10-1. and They're facing Ledford 8-3. and It's an interesting matchup. You don't really see these two teams face each other very often. Uh, Dudley scored 535 points in 11 games. Can, can Ledford stop this Panthers high-powered offense? Um, I don't think they can stop it. I think the, the higher the score goes, the more it favors Dudley. The one thing I will say about that 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 Dudley 
uh, the way that they've been demolishing teams is that their conference this year, the Mid-State 3A, was not good in football. Uh, Eastern Guilford was was solid, and then Dudley hammered them in, in what amounted to the conference championship game. Those numbers were against some some not good teams. The other thing to look at, it's kind of like a Reedsville thing in the past. Yes, those numbers weren't against good teams, but Dudley also wasn't playing its starters in the second half very often. So, you know, they're, they're a very good football team. They're a very explosive football team. They have a really good defensive front, too. Uh, comparable to Grimsley's, uh, one of the Dudley defensive linemen, Jaheim Pittman, is fifth in the country in sacks without having played in the second half of a lot of games. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Dudley, it feels like Dudley's kind of flying under the radar. We focused a lot on the 4A teams. A lot of teams got moved up to 4A when they reclassified everything back to 4 uh, classes in North Carolina for football. And it feels like Dudley's kind of been just moving along dodging raindrops you know just doing what they normally do but it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like we've talked about them as much as we've focused on uh, you know grimsley or east Forsyth or whoever that, mo- that are in that 4a bracket so really interested to see what dudley can do uh against that left team and then going forward uh let's move up to 4a in greensboro grimsley's 11 and 0 uh they were the 4a state champion in the spring they moved on with a 44 to 8 win over cox mill it gets tougher tonight the Whirlies will face a Porter Ridge team that upset Reagan 27-21 on the road last Friday. What should Grimsley be concerned about regarding Porter Ridge? I know you touched on their their unique rushing attack. Yeah, the triple option is, uh, again, like I said, something you don't see that often with good high school football teams. There are some teams that run it kind of out of necessity because they don't, they don't have the passing attack. They don't have the guys, but um, it's – it's assignment football, totally assignment football on defense. You you have to carry out your assignment. You have to do your job and and trust that your teammates are going to do their. There's nobody playing hero ball or going you know going rogue on defense. You've got to do exactly what you're coached up to do. Now, if Grimsley takes care of business and does that, they should be fine. One advantage that they have is that they have played Porter Ridge in the playoffs twice before. So that that's an edge for them. They've seen this. They they played Porter Ridge in the playoffs when Porter Ridge had Grayson McCall, the Coastal Carolina quarterback. So, right. yeah. uh, you know they they know what Porter Ridge is about and how to play against them. I, I think they're they're in good shape for this. Northern Guilford last week had two two really crushing turnovers. One where they threw an interception at the uh, Lake Norman three where they were about to go up two scores. You go up two scores on a triple option team and you start to take control and you make them get out of what they want to do, which is control the ball and control the clock. As long as Grimsley can can get its offense going and play assignment football on defense, they're going to be fine. Over in Kernersville, uh, Glenn, 8-2, and two, Central Piedmont champion. Uh, they host Myers Park. This is actually one of the more interesting matchups that I saw that popped up for the second round. Myers Park being 8-3, and three, coming up from Charlotte. This matchup between two evenly matched teams, as far as I can see on the surface, they kind of look fairly similar in terms of what their offense has scored, what their defenses have allowed, uh, and so on. Um, this uh, what, are, what are the the keys to this game for Glenn to advance? Because I don't know a whole lot about Myers Park, but I have called probably four or five Glenn games, so I feel like I, I know this Glenn team fairly well. I kind of know what their weaknesses are and what their strengths are. What do you think Glenn needs to do to advance to the third round? Well, I think I think they have an opportunity to force a few turnovers. Uh, Myers Park's quarterback. Uh, Lucas Lenoff is his name. He moved from California last summer uh, to the Charlotte area with his family. 
he's thrown for a lot of yardage, but he's also thrown 13 interceptions. And I think if Glenn can get a little pressure on him, get him get him off his spots in terms of when and where he wants to throw from, I think they may be able to force some turnovers against him and capitalize on that. They've got to get better offensively than they were a week ago. They beat Charlotte Providence 7-3. Seven points ain't going to do it against Myers Park. They're going to have to get their offense uh, back on track. A lot of it from what uh, Coach Antoine Stevenson told me was just little things, a procedure penalty, a bad snap. Uh, somebody dropping a pass that was catchable that could have, could have gone for big yardage. They have to be more fundamentally sound than they were in the first round. And, you know, that's been their focus this week to kind of get back to basics and do what they do. But I think I think if they can force a few turnovers, they're, they're going to get through this game. Yeah, I think uh, I've been on record. The Glenn defense is probably the best defense I've seen in the triad uh, this season. And they are just so fast at yeah. every position. North to South, it's, I, I tell people all the time, uh, and I had other coaches, like, you know, off to the side, we would talk if they are about to play Glenn, and I would tell them straight up, you know, don't try to outrun their ends, uh, especially Albert Red on the outside. They're just too yeah. fast going uh, sideline to sideline, and I see a lot of high school teams try to get to that edge and just get around it, and Glenn just refuses to let you do that. The, the teams I've seen that have had the most success against Glenn ran it right up the middle. They went right mm-hmm. up the middle on their defense yeah. and continued to do so and didn't abandon it. And it's kind of one of those situations where you kind of wait for Glenn to make a mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they're, the, they're a team where I've seen them now multiple times, whether it was against Chambers on the road, whether it was East Forsyth here in Kernsville a couple of weeks ago, where if they do a penalty, they'll do it multiple times. Like if there's yeah. a false start, it'll be three false starts in a yeah, row. Snowballs. Yeah, snowballs. Yeah. So then all of a sudden you're in like first and 30 or something like that, and you're putting a lot of pressure on Camden Coleman, the quarterback, to, to, to get back in front of the chains. And that's usually a struggle I see with Glenn's offense. Their defense has kept them in every single game they've played this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it should be pretty interesting watching that. I, I'm interested in that game because on the other side of that bracket, East Forsyth, 9-1, and one. they're going to travel to Charlotte, almost damn near to the South Carolina border. I was looking at this on Google Maps because yeah. we're, we're doing this game for TOB uh, later tonight, and I mapped it out. It's about an hour and 45 minutes away from where I am in Kernersville. Without traffic. Without <laughs> traffic, yeah. I got to add that in as well. You got to take the loop right there by Concord and everything right. uh, to get to Audrey Kell. They're 8-2 and two on the year. No stats on max preps for Audrey Kell whatsoever, so kind of flying blind into this. Uh, meanwhile, East seems to be peaking at the right time. They've won six straight games, even though the Eagles are ranked third in the entire state, according to Max Preps, as of this recording, uh, they have to go on the road. So thoughts about this East for Scythe team and their chances on Friday. I know that you interviewed uh, head coach Todd Willard uh, as part of your weekly series um, earlier this week for the news and record. What uh, what did you discuss with Coach Willard? What was the mindset? I think he's feeling pretty good about where his team is. He's happy that that the Eagles are playing well in all three phases of the game. Uh, offensively, uh, everything starts with the quarterback, uh, Jalen Rayner, and, and all the different things that he can do off, uh, with his feet, with his arm. Kayshawn Brown has really broken out as a receiver for them. He's not a big guy, but boy, he plays big. He high points footballs. He comes down with catches. He's been explosive, and I think he's a guy who could be a difference maker in this game. Ardry Kell, from from what Coach Willard told me, that they're just a sound, steady, fundamental football team. They look for you to make mistakes. If this is a close game, I got to think Andrew Conrad for East Forsyth could be a difference maker in this game. 
Yeah, he's probably both the best kicker in the state and senior Andrew Conrad. I've had a chance to watch him from freshman year onward. And uh, it's funny, we were talking about this before because he really just started punting in the spring and during the spring season because uh, you know while he was the kicker, quarterback Ty Lyles was the punter. And it right. made it where their special teams was super dangerous because you had no idea what they're going to do on any given punt. Mm-hmm. He could take off with it, throw it down the field, whatever. So Conrad wasn't really punting for them until uh, the spring and now especially uh, this year. Um, his, his leg is definitely getting a workout. Quayshawn Brown, this kid is going to play on Saturdays. Like, you know, yeah. when you see a guy and you're just like, that kid is going to play college football at a high level someplace. Every week for the past four weeks, he has done one or two plays in a game where the entire press box just explodes, whether it's home or away. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, what, where did this kid come from? I know he, yeah. I know he transferred in from Walkertown. Uh, he's kinda, he kind of reminds me of Deshaun Jackson a little bit from the NFL, the way he's built. Yeah. He's real yep. slender, real fast, got great hands. His hands are bigger than you would expect him to be for a kid his size. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's really assumed that number one wide receiver role for East Forsyth the past couple of weeks. And he's a junior, so the triad needs to keep an eye on him because he's going to be back along with uh, with uh, Jalen Rayner, the quarterback. Yeah. He's a junior as well. So Bad uh, news for a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They just keep on keeping on here. Uh, yeah. The winner of the East Forsyth-Audrey Kell game, will play the winner of Glenn Myers Park. So we could potentially get a part two of the Battle of the K-Vegas Cup next Friday. It would just be at Glenn instead of at East Forsyth. And uh, for those that listened here on Tobacco Road, that was a 44-38 to triple overtime thriller, probably the best game of well, it was, the best game of the year mm-hmm. uh, The East Forsyth emerged victorious from. Uh, Joe, any other local contest to keep an eye on? Uh, I know we spoke about Reedsville and some others that are still active. Of course, we all just – I think with Reedsville, we all just assume they're going to be in Chapel Hill before all this is said and done. But I know they got a tougher bracket than they normally do with the the, the lower 2A and the higher 2AA merging into one again. Yeah, uh, and what hurt them too was their, their conference was a little stronger this year with realignment than it had been, but still not a strong conference. And, the, and one game that would have really helped their RPI – was they were supposed to play Eastern Alamance, who's the number one 3A seed in the East, didn't get to play the game because of COVID. If they play that game, even if they lose it, they're higher than a four seed. They're, they're a two, and if they win it, maybe they're a one. Hmm. Instead, they're in a position where in the regional semifinal, if they get that far, they might have to go to Shelby in a regional semifinal, which would be epic. Hmm. But they've got a challenge this week. Uh, the team that comes in against them, Chase High School from Forest City, has the state's leading rusher, a uh, young man named Marquise McCombs, 2,600 yards and 36 TDs. So you, Reedsville knows what Chase is going to try to do to them. They haven't been great against the run. Early in the season, they played a they played Page and a couple of other teams that ran the ball, and they were struggling a little bit rebuilding their defense against the run. If their defense isn't good against the run, this could be a high-scoring game in a shootout. But down the line, they could see East Surrey again. East Surrey got kicked up to 2A mm. and is unbeaten. That, that 2A West and 4A West are the loaded brackets in the state. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. East Surrey, I mean, they had been – a, a perennial visitor to the state championship game pretty much the past couple of years, correct? Yeah. And, uh, and 1A. So, yeah. and then they move up without any kind of bumps in the road whatsoever and just keep on trucking. Uh, there's still some, there's still area teams out there. I think the, the, the main Davidson is still North out Davidson's there. We're going to play Hickory this week at home. You know, that that's, that's a game North Davidson has a good chance to win. Uh, you know, a good matchup for them. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. And again, keep in mind, uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio is your home for Triad Sports and Triad Sports coverage, especially when it comes to high school. Two games uh, tonight, 
East Forsyth going on the road to take on Audrey Kell. That is the WTOB game of the week. You can hear it at 7.30 on 96.7 FM, 9.80 AM. Over on WCOG, Glenn hosts Myers Park. So two huge, huge games. That's uh, J.P. Mundy. Coach Josh Resignalo from the Carolina Cobras will be on the call there. Myself and Rod Funderburk will be on the call down in Charlotte for East Forsyth and Audrey Kell. Joe, always appreciate it every Friday. Thank we'll you. We'll be back up next week and uh, see what's left over after the carnage here in a couple of hours and see what we've got to work with for, uh, for the third round. Looking forward to it. And we're back here at Audrey Kell Stadium here in South Charlotte, North Carolina, for the second round of the 2021 North Carolina High School Athletic Association State Football Playoffs. Desmond Johnson, Hot Rod Funderburg here with you live as we get ready for kickoff here in about eh, about two minutes, Rod. And um, while we're getting ready, as the captains are at the middle of the field getting instructions from the referees, give uh, give our listeners back in the triad an idea of what East Forsyth needs to do to head back up the highway up 85 with a victory tonight. The big thing East Forsyth has to do tonight, Diz, is just to control the ball. Uh, they have to control the tempo of the game. They have to come out and, of course, make a statement. But they need to focus on what they're doing. I think the Eagles are good enough coached, and they have enough experience in the playoffs as well as the regular season. And going up, going up against the tough teams that are just in their conference, they can get through a hurdle if they focus. And really, if they focus, control the ball, and then let the defense come out, play some good defense. But defense has got to hit, and they got to keep – Audrey Kell contained. And when I say contained, I mean they can't let that quarterback let that arm get loose because he does have a rifle. He has a cannon. He can throw it. And, he, and, and, he's, and he's pretty precise. He's, he's really good with the football. So I think the DBs of East Forsyth are going to be tested tonight, and they have an opportunity to really show what they can do on this field. The defense has had some shutouts for the East Forsyth Eagles, but, of course, some of those shutouts have come out uh, because they played some really inferior teams in a Parkland and a Reynolds and things of that nature. However, they did have a good shutout last week in the first round of the playoffs, 49 to nothing against the Southeast Guilford Falcons. But uh, other than that, Des, I think, um, uh, you know, that's what East Forsyth has to do in order to come out with the victory. You know, it's this is a perfect atmosphere for fall playoff football. The weather is perfect. It, it's not cloudy as far as I can tell in the sky. I don't think there's no. any uh, call for rain or anything tonight. The high, it's in the 50s. There's no wind. As East Forsyth takes the field, and I'll tell you what, Rod, that's a good-looking football team. <laughs> that look, that's a good-looking football team. And I see they took your advice. They took your advice. The, 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 uh, the temperature here is 54 right now. Clear conditions for the rest of the evening. By the time we're heading home, around 11 o'clock, it's still going to be 50 degrees outside. Uh, but, Rod, I see they took your advice from the nest and actually chose to go with the white uniforms with the blue numbers because if kids want one thing – is they want their name called on the radio. And if, they can't, <laughs> if we can't read their number, we can't call their name. And I think they took that to heart when you were telling them that on Tuesday because I noticed that they came out in the clearest uniforms you could possibly see. And Audrey Kell takes the field here. And this is going to be a crazy atmosphere because we are on the roof of the press box. So it's going to be a little louder than normal from the crowd because we're on the home side. But you can already hear the atmosphere here is bonkers. So we're just going to keep it right here because we're getting ready to kick this bad boy off. East Forsyth and Audrey Kell. Looks like East Forsyth is elected to – actually, looks like East Forsyth won the toss because I see Quayshawn Brown going back for the kickoff here. And he's got number 11, Traylon Ingram, back there with him, as well as number four, LeJay Fisher. And, hey, you know, Des, the last few weeks, East Forsyth has actually 
uh, you know, decline having the ball. Uh, looks like there's a field uh, swap here. Yeah. The East Forsyth Eagles were going to be going left to right, but looks like the referee are, is swapping the teams. And so now the Eagles are going to be going from right to left after this kickoff. Uh, but I tell you what, normally East Forsyth has always deferred the last few games when they've won the toss. You're right. Uh, so uh, they're changing up a little bit. What they're doing is they decided to receive the kickoff. So well, let's, see, let's see what the – That might be your, your doing too because uh, <laughs> when I listened to the Nest on Tuesday, I heard I that – You uh, can't blame everything on me now. <laughs> I, I heard you telling the team some, uh, some smack talk had been going on online between Audrey Kell and whoever wanted to listen. Uh, basically belittling the East Forsyth team. And I've had multiple East Forsyth players come up to me this week just in random spots and just like, did you hear what they said about us? So they they, they have it on their mind. So that might be why they decided to take the ball first uh, <laughs> as Audrey Kell prepares to kick off. Audrey Kell in their dark jerseys with white trim, white numbers with their white helmets with the black uh, stripes down the middle. And that ball is kicked off, and that's going to be returnable. And that is Quayshawn Brown with the return here. He gets to the 20, finds an opening, spins around one guy, gets up the middle of the field, and here we go. Quayshawn Brown gets all the way to the 40, 45-yard 45 45 line. line, and that's how we're going to start off this matchup. Quayshawn Brown just ran through like eight guys in a crowd and came out without anybody touching him. Yeah, I mean, Q Brown is a dynamic player. You know, he is what most people would call box office. He's Saturdays. He's yes, gonna, sir. He's going to play on Saturdays, with like, no a, question. Without a shadow of a doubt, he should. Something is wrong if he doesn't. We need to call but, our boy Mac Brown. See, uh, what's going on? I need to get a hold of <laughs> yeah, old Mac Brown. He needs, Mac, a, he, he needs, a, he needs a, some <laughs> offensive production because he lost quite a bit last year. But it looks like the Eagles are coming out, and they're getting set here, Dez. So uh, let's see what old. Uh, Ron Horton, offensive coordinator for the Eagles, is going to dial up on his first possession. So here we go. East Forsyth going right to left on your radio dial. First and 10, ball on the 45. Rainer's going to keep it himself on this opening, on this opening drive. He's going to get tackled for a loss of about two yards behind the line of scrimmage. He'll bring up a second down. Yeah, there was nowhere really for Rainer to go. I'm not sure if he should have handed that ball off, but he decided to keep it. And it uh, looks like he was trying to get in beside the big right guard back there, but there was just nowhere for Rainer to get to, this. East Forsyth right back up on the line of scrimmage again. Second and 11. The ball's on the 44-yard line. Rainer surveys the field. He's got Quan Porter beside him in the backfield. Shotgun pistol formation. Two wide receivers to the left, one to the right. Porter switches sides and gets the handoff. He runs along the left-hand side. He's got a hole. Knocks over a defender. Gets past midfield. They are in Audrey in Knight's territory. That'll be placed around the 49-yard line. And that'll bring up a third and about four for East Forsyth. Yeah, but Alex was uh, – Porter was tackled by Angulu, uh, which is a pretty cool name. I'm sure we'll call that name a couple of times. He was – Just came up from his, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He came up from his safety <laughs> position to make the hit on Porter. 10.40 to go here in this first quarter. Rainer's going to keep his ball himself. He wiggles through the middle of the line and pushes forward near the first down. They had to get to the, the Knights 45, but they're going to mark him about a yard short. They're going to say his knees were down. Yeah, and Rainer was not ready for that snap. That snap actually caught Rainer off guard. And uh, so he had to keep it and try and run up the hole and get as much as he could, Des. But Eagles, the Eagles are going for it on fourth down. Rainer's going to dive for it, and that line pushes forward easily getting and that first down. 
Yeah, he gets the first down. And on that last play, Rayner actually lost his mouthpiece. And number 24, Jason Angelou, came up and kicked Rayner's mouthpiece. I thought that was some pretty foul uh, sportsmanlike conduct for the, for the Knights. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dez. I watch a lot on what's going around that ball, my friend. First and 10 for the Eagles. Quan Porter takes the handoff up the middle and spins for a really good game of about seven yards. The Eagles now have moved on this opening drive up to the Knights' 37-yard line. Bring up a second and about, about six. Yep, and the Eagles up front, they are ready to get some work done. Rainer in shotgun. Porter back there with them again. This time Rainer's going to keep a huge hole up the middle of the line past the first down marker. And the Eagles move the chains again, first and 10 for East Forsyth. Yeah, Rainer got up in there. He had his big fella, number 75, Connor Hartley, pulling around. And Rainer ran right behind him to pick up that first down. Excellent read by Rainer. East has gone into their kind of kind of a hurry offense. It's no huddle. Rainer hands the ball off to Porter in that RPO, but that's going to get stuffed for a loss of about a yard behind the line of scrimmage. Brings up second down. Yeah, that was a good job by this uh, night defensive line. They were really uh, waiting for Porter on that left corner over there, so he had nowhere to go. 9.05 to go in the first. His defense is running a, a four-man front for the Knights. Rainer's going to drop back for his first pass of the night. Spiral to the corner to Quayshawn Brown. Went through his hands right around the goal line. Incomplete. That'll bring up third down and 10. And that was kind of a high ball for Rainer. But, you know, sometimes the best solution is to put the ball high enough to where only your receiver can get it or no one can get it. So, you know, sometimes an incomplete pass is much better than trying to force a ball. So, you know, although Rainer wanted to go for the big – the big home run touchdown, uh, he, he, it was an incomplete pass thrown a little high. So third and 10 for East Forsyth here. Ball on the Knights' 31-yard line. Rainer has got number four, LeJay Fisher, with him in the back now in shotgun formation, pistol. Three wide receivers to the left, and that's where Rainer's looking. He tosses it that direction, and he's got to throw it ahead of Ingram, out of bounds. He's going to bring up fourth down. We'll see if they're going to bring on Conrad for a, a, a field goal here. It looks like they are. Yeah, and Rayner was um, under some pressure on that last throw, so he had to kind of get the ball out of his hands really quick. His intended receiver was number 80, uh, Nasiah Winfrey. I saw number 77 for East Forsyth just subbed in, Julian Moore, six foot, 330-pound offensive lineman junior as uh, Andrew Conrad lines up here. Rayner's going to be the holder. This is uh, – how, how far away is this, Rod? Ball's on the 31. And this looks like it's about 38 yards. That ball is up, and that's actually no good. Just short. Yeah, 48 yards. 48, yeah. 48 yards. That's a long way to kick. Uh, it is a long school. way to cook, kick. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it was a long one. Andrew Conrad definitely has the foot to do it. He was just a few yards short on that one. Didn't look like he got all of his leg into it. Uh, it was kind of a low kick. Yeah, it was. I think he was trying to make sure that he had enough power into it, and sometimes um, – you know, go, coming with that, uh, uh, the power into it, it was, at, I, I don't know about kickers, Dez. He, he, why, now, why, now, why are why they are moving the ball back? to the 20-yard <laughs> line? I Normally, I would way. think that they would have the ball at the 40-yard line. It's almost like they counted that as a touchback because it didn't get to the, the, it landed in the end zone. They started the Knights on their own 20. So it's first and 10 on the 20. We've yep. got movement on the line here. So we're going to go back the other direction anyway. But, yep. yeah, I, I missed the signal for, for that. Uh, and that's a false start that we have on the Knights. Oh, wow. So yeah. So the Knights good. are going to back up five yards to the 15-yard line. 
But no, Dez, I'm not exactly sure um, why they would be starting at the 20 on the missed field goal. Normally, you take over for where the ball is. Well, it landed in the end zone, but it didn't cross the – it didn't go out of the, the playing area. It, just went, right. it landed in the end zone, so maybe that is a touchback in high school. It's sad. We're the announcers. We don't know the rules. We're sorry. <laughs> First and 15. But we will find that out. We, we will promise. find out before the game is over because that was confusing for us up here. 8.36 to go here in the first quarter. Second and nine now for the Knights after a about five-yard carry to the right-hand side. And the Knights, their quarterback, Jack Curtis, and number six, Baylor Morgan, they're in the backfield. Curtis drops back for his first pass of the day. That ball was thrown behind the receiver, dangerously so. Will Montgomery was in the area, incomplete going to bring up third and long for the Knights. Like you said, Will Montgomery was right there in the area. Will is leading the team in interceptions this year, and uh, he's had a pretty good season so far, especially toward the end of the season. He's really been coming on strong. Will Montgomery is a good prospect, a good young man who could definitely help out a college team on Saturday. I saw that uh, Winston-Salem State offered him this week, so he's starting to pick up some offers himself. Good deal. Third and nine for the Knights. Curtis in shotgun, surveys his line, takes the snap. Drops back, wants to throw. There's a flag on the field. He's trying to throw that curl out to the outside. That's going to be incomplete. No flag on the play, but there was a, a flag before that near the line of scrimmage. And that was Isaiah Crowell on the coverage, and he had the wide receiver blanketed. We can already see just from feeling around here, Audrey Kell's going to want to sling this football tonight. They've already done it on three of their first four offensive plays tonight here. Well, I was watching their offense warm up in pregame, and that quarterback has an arm. So he can get the ball to where it needs to be. So we're trying to see what the the call is. And here comes the ref now. It's false start on yeah. Audrey Kell. So that play didn't happen. And East declines, and Audrey Kell's forced to punt. Yeah, that is a fourth and nine. And these Forsyth Eagles bring on their punt return unit as Audrey Kell brings on their punt unit. And they have Q Brown. Uh, waiting deep on this punt. And, of course, uh, Q Brown can be electrified. It's a dangerous man back there. He is. He is. And he's a good young man. He a is. nice young man to good talk kid. to. Uh, very mannerable. And uh, wish him nothing but the best in life. He's at the Eagle 45. This punt's going to sail a little away from him. He's going to actually, he thought about it, and then he ran out of the way. And that ball's going to be down at around the Knights 36-yard line. And that's where Easter Sife will take their second offensive possession of this game. Still 0-0 score. 7.50 to go here in the first quarter. I want to thank everybody that's joining us uh, for this broadcast here on WTOB, 980 AM, 96.7 FM, and online at com. Desmond Johnson and Rod Funderburg here with you. Seeing uh, LeJay Fisher getting some run here tonight. He's in there right now with... Uh, with Rayner in the backfield. Q fakes the jet sweep. Rayner keeps it himself, runs along the right-hand side for a gain of about three. And bring up second down. Yeah, but Rayner was tackled by number 33 of the Knights. That is James Stepp. And I believe, Diz, that we have a, I want to say a change up on this offensive line. But after the snap, I'll try and get back to you on that. Rayner rolls to the right, 
Has a man open, caught right at the first down marker for a first down. That was number nine, Tim Davis, with the catch. Yeah, but Tim Davis is one of those guys who runs both offense and defense. He's a defensive back on uh, defense, and, of course, on offense he plays wide receiver. But we also played, saw Tim Davis play a little quarterback, and he's one of those guys that should be listed as an athlete because he is just that good on the football field. Handoff up the middle, some steam for LeJay Fisher, gets to the next first down marker. They're constantly moving the chains. They're past midfield now. East Forsyth all the way up to the Knights 41-yard line. Yeah, that was a good job by Fisher getting behind Cameron Blackwell and old Connor Hartley. But I tell you, get behind the heart of that offensive line, you'll pick up some yards every time, bringing up a second and one for the Eagles. Another fake handoff. This time Rainer keeps it himself. Stutter steps, gets further up the field, all the way up to the 25-yard line. And Rainer jumped in behind big old Connor Hartley, and Connor Hartley led the way. And I tell you what, that's kind of what you have to do against the, uh, these defenses when you're the East Forsyth Eagles. You have to get behind that big old offensive line, and the Eagles are moving into a hurry up, Des. Yes, they are. Rainer throws it to Quayshawn Brown. He's got some room outside. Gets past the 15. Gets tackled right around the 11-yard line as East Forsyth is in the Bodenhammer Plumbing red zone for the first time tonight. Yep, and Q Brown was tackled by number 12, Chancellor Bryant, who's a sophomore for the Knights. 6.26 to go in the first quarter. East Forsyth on the move, threatening for the first time tonight here. Ball is on the Knights' 13-yard line. Now it looks like the Eagles are calling timeout. No, Audrey Kill calls the timeout. We'll take a quick one with them here. 0 0 is your score. East for Scythe and Audrey Kell knotted up, but East for Scythe threatening. We'll be back after 30 seconds. If you're a homeowner, there's one thing that can cause nightmares when you leave on vacation. Plumbing. Bodenheimer Plumbing Services reminds you before going away for any length of time, think about this. Shut off your water supply. Disconnect outside water sources. Don't forget water heater maintenance and test your sump pump. Bodenheimer Service Technicians also handle clogged drains, water heater repairs, and those unexpected leaks. Call Bodenheimer Plumbing today at 336-788-3966, 788-3966, and visit the Facebook page. Back here at Audrey Kell, East Forsyth, the ball is on the Knights' 13-yard line. 6.21 to go here in the first quarter. East Forsyth first and 10 in the Bodehammer Plumbing Red Zone. Here you're listening to the second round coverage of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association State Football Playoffs. Rainer in shotgun. He's got LeJay Fisher with him in that pistol formation. Traylon Ingram is lined up kind of in a flanker position to the right-hand side. He's going to move over to the left. Ball is snapped. Rainer's going to run that direction. Big hole for Rainer. He gets up past the five, and the ball popped out. Are they saying that's a fumble? They're saying he's down. They're saying the, he's down. The side judge is saying that Rainer was down, and then the defensive lineman for the Knights tried to pull the ball away from him while he was rolling with him on the ground. So East Forsyth's going to keep this ball. It's on the two-yard line here, and they're lining up quick. As they've done for the second half of this season, they hand the ball to LeJay Fisher, but he ran into a wall of Knights. And they're going to push him backwards for no gain. A loss of yardage, matter of fact. Yeah, there was absolutely nowhere for LeJay Fisher to go on that play. I tell you, when I'm down in this area, and I know 
head coach Todd Willer, he trusts each and one of his running backs down here. But I know when I'm down here, I want my big running back in the backfield, and I want him to put a shoulder, helmet, everything he's got into whoever that defender is down here in the goal line with the big boys. I guess their bruising back would be Quan Porter, but LeJay Fisher's in there. He gets it a second time, squirts past the line of scrimmage, and looks like he gets it about the two-yard line. He, they can still get a first down here, I think. Can't, no, they cannot get a first down. It's, it's third. It's fourth and goal here, fourth and one. And we'll see what East does here on the road. They're going to stay out there. They're not even motioning for Conrad to come out. So this could be a huge play here early in this contest. Fourth and one, East Forsyth on the one-yard line. 0-0 zero, zero score. Rayner runs up to his line and actually runs up underneath center. He's going to try to push it in himself. They're not going to get there. Audrey Kell holds. Yes, they did. That was a good job by the defensive line, and that could be a turning point in this game. When you're, your defense is able to bow up and hold the team from getting into the end zone, it can spark something in you. Let's see what the Audrey Kell offense comes out and tries to do on their next series, Des. Now, we've seen this from time to time, Rod, throughout this particular season when the offense or the defense tries to do something and they can't get it done. The other side picks up the slack. So we'll see if this defense for East Forsyth can make something happen here. Audrey Kell, yes, it's great that they stop East Forsyth. The bad news is they're having to start off on their own one-yard line. Well, they've got the ball up at the four. Either way, I would imagine uh, Aaron Beal is probably going to bring some heat here, I would think. Well, I know you can't let that quarterback sit there and have much time. You have got to put him under pressure. You've got to make this quarterback get off of his spot and throw it in a position that he's not accustomed to. Handoff up the middle. About two yards. Gives him a little bit of breathing room, but not much. Ball past the five-yard line. And he was stopped by number 31 uh, of the East Forsyth Eagles. That's Bryant Williams. You see a lot of Jack Curtis, the quarterback, and Baylor Morgan, number six, the running back for Audrey Kell. Curtis looks over for an audible from the sideline from his offensive coordinator. Still 0-0 here. Fakes the handoff, throws it out in space. That ball is dropped. Actually, that's a live football, I believe. Nope, they're saying it's incomplete. I thought yeah, the receiver was behind the quarterback. Last, which would have made it a, a lateral pass and a fumble, but yeah, I think he was just above of, if I'm not mistake, yeah. mistaken, mistaken, Des. Just a smidgen, just barely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we have to give the referees the benefit of the doubt that they know <laughs> what they're doing down there on the field. But oh, that's very nice of you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I said we we have to. We you have know, to. we don't always do, but we should, <laughs> of course. And in this case, we'll say that they yeah. saw a better view of it. Third and five for the Knights. That ball's incomplete. Looks like, uh, looks like he was going for number one, mm -hmm. uh, Jalen Toy Ellis. Yep, and R.J. Torque on that pass, though. He did. He's got a cannon, man, but R.J. Brown was on the coverage, and, uh, you know, he had to throw it a little high because R.J. Brown, if not, could be talking about him scoring six points right now off an interception. You kind of catch a feeling that Audrey Kell is like – they have like their thumb in the dam, sort of like that whole. Because East has been able to move this ball both times they've had it. They've just stalled when they've gotten closer to the goal line. Audrey Kell hasn't gone past the 30-yard line, I don't believe, the two times they've had the ball. And this has been a three and out right here as they punt from their end zone. That's a high punt. Doesn't go very far. Actually stays on the Audrey Kell side, and it's going to be down at the 41. So East will start off 
on the Audrey Kell side of the field. And, of course, the Eagles didn't have anybody back there. And, uh, you know, as Coach Willard has always said, sometimes whenever he doesn't put return guys in the backfield, they just want to see how well their offense can do. Just so, want to test them a little bit. Yeah, they're going to get a little test. They're going to test themselves a little bit. So the Eagles come out. They're ready. And I think they want to test themselves in somewhat of a hurry-up offense. At least that's what they've done the last series and a half, I'd say. Offensive coordinator uh, Ron Horton has been going to that hurry-up and switching it up, confusing defenses. This time they hand off the jet sweep to Quayshawn Brown. He nails a defender and goes forward for about six yards. Yes, nice he run. did. Yes, he did. Uh, Q Brown, he was not going to be uh, the hitty on that particular play. Instead, number 53 for the Knights came up to stop him, or excuse me, Anthony Sutton, number 52. But I think Q Brown delivered more punishment than Sutton delivered. So that'll bring up second and five. The ball on the Knights' 41-yard line. East Forsyth driving from right to left on your radio dial. They're dressed in their all-white uniforms, blue numbers, blue trim, silver helmets. Rainer's going to keep this himself. He runs to the left part of the side, gets past the 45, or excuse me, the 35, and gets the first down. It appears. We'll see where they put this ball. Yeah, the chains are moving. So first and ten for East Forsyth. 305 to go in the first quarter. And Rainer was stopped by number 33, James Stepp of the Audrey Kale Knights. They're lined up already. Rainer's going to toss it out to Ingram in the flat here on the right-hand side. Jukes the defender, gets past another, and gets brought down at the 30-yard line. So that all of that for a gain of about three yards. Yep, and that was um, number 11, Trey Ingram, on the quick reception from, from uh, Jalen Rainer. And it looks like the Eagles are just trying to fill them out a little bit. It just feels like they're just kind of jabbing and jabbing and mm -hmm. jabbing at this Audrey Kale defense. These old school boxing matches here. Rayner throws it out to Tim Davis in the flat. Oh, he jukes the defender, puts him on his back. Davis is all, all, all the way down to the 10-yard line, stretches out, gets it to the 9. Yeah, Tim Davis is really a good athlete for these Eagles. Uh, he used to play quarterback over at Winston-Salem Prep, and when he gets his hands on the ball, especially in open space, he can make a defender miss, as you just saw. East back on the line again. Ingram gets the quick snap, and they get the ball all the way up to around the 25-yard line. That was first and 10, so the Eagles building up some yards here on offense. They just haven't gotten in the end zone yet. Right back on the line again. They snap it. Rayner gets the snap, tries to hit the right-hand side, lowers his shoulder, gets all the way down to the one. Yeah, but it looks like he tried to dive, and yeah. he stretched the ball out to cross the plane, but referees are saying his knee was down before that ball could stretch and touch that plane. And East is going at a pace like old-school Chip Kelly, just go, 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 80 plays or whatnot. And Rainer's got it again, and, and he is Rainer in for a touchdown. In. He sure does, and he gives number 24 the business, Jason Angulu, uh, had before he went into the end zone just to let him know that Jalen Rainer was here. And here comes Andrew Conrad for the point after the touchdown. So at 132 to go in the first quarter, our first points are scored of the night. Jalen Rainer with a one-yard quarterback keeper, and Conrad will come out for the extra point attempt. And I just realized my car is in the direct line of where he's kicking. And that ball is good. 7-0, East Forsyth right now leading Audrey Kell. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we return, more action here in Charlotte. Don't go anywhere. The high school football game of the week on WTOB, 98.7 FM, 980 AM, and com. East Forsyth leads Audrey Kell 7-0.
emergency road service, lockout services, tire changes and jump starts, emergency and towing accidents, and breakdowns. Who are you going to call? Ray's Body Shop and Wrecker Service. You know Ray's for the highest quality body and paint repair, and you can rely on their professional wrecker service as well, anytime, anywhere. 4345 South Main Street in Winston-Salem. Call 336-788-6174. When quality counts, count on Ray's Body Shop and Wrecker Service, the art of invisible repair. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. Welcome back. Desmond Johnson and Rod Funderburg with you here as Andrew Conrad for East Forsyth kicks off. Jalen Rayner with a one-yard scamper for a touchdown. East Forsyth leads 7-0. That ball is kicked out of the end zone for a touchback. Audrey Kell will start off on their own 20. Des, you know, this is a beautiful night for football, it man. Is. It's it gorgeous. Really it's sitting right here in the 50s. You know, I, I thought it was going to be much colder. Yeah, we were worried about it when I found out that we were going to have to be on a roof of a press box. We, we talked about it, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to layer up. I don't know what to expect. Oh, I got completely upset with Audrey <laughs> Kale as soon as I heard about it. I was like, oh, my goodness, what do you want me to do here? To their defense, they do have a smaller normal press box, but they do make up for it with the, uh, the roof accommodations here. As Audrey Kell tries to run it on the ground, they haven't had a whole lot of luck running it against East Forsyth so far tonight. I don't even think they gained a yard on that run. Yeah, I think that was, back. yeah, that was it. Morgan was the runner on that play, and he was stopped by Eagles number 17, Big Nick Martin, a defensive end who vowed to me that he would not be losing containment this week. And so far, he is keeping his vow. Second and nine, so they did get a gain of one on the play. Curtis in shotgun. He's got Morgan with him. He hands off to Morgan again. He tries the right-hand side of the line. Pretty much the same thing that happened before. About three East Forsyth defenders gang tackle him for maybe another yard of game as uh, the first quarter, first quarter starting to tick down, 42 seconds to go. Yep, and the first two East Forsyth defenders there were number five, R.J. Brown, and number 30, Mr. David Smith, the senior defensive lineman for the Eagles. So Curtis surveys the defense again in shotgun. This time he's going to drop back to pass. He looks towards the left, throws a spiral. Oh, that is caught. Flag on the play, though. If he's tackled by Matthew Joins, that play was uh, Ryan made Curry. by number 81 who, uh, for oh. the Knights who caught the ball, yeah, Andrew, Andrew Wagner. There was a flag thrown towards him, though. There was nobody there when he caught it. Makes me wonder if this is offensive pass interference of some sort, maybe a hold of some kind. The refs are talking about it. They're trying to figure out which way they want to go or at least how they want to present it to us anyway. A personal foul, face mask on the Eagles. So that's going to add in some additional yardage to the play after the tackle. A personal foul one. That type's 15-yard penalty, correct? Yeah, they're walking this thing past midfield. That's an so that's going to put the ball on the East Forsyth side for the first time tonight for Audrey Kell. The ball is now placed at the East Forsyth 47-yard line. Yep, and this is probably best field position that Audrey Kell has had all night. Oh, yeah, it's first time they've been past midfield. Meanwhile, Curtis keeps it on a quarterback keeper up the, the middle of the line, but got a gain of about two. They tried to catch East Forsyth's defense off guard. They kind of went to a hurry up themselves. Yep, and R.J. Brown was the first man on the stop to tackle the quarterback for the keeper. 
And I think Jack we got a, Curtis. Looks like we got a timeout here. We do. We got a quick timeout. We'll take one with them here as we hear from one of our sponsors here at TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and auto repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamRetire.com. Are you looking to make 2021 your best year yet? Clean Eats can help with fresh meal plans and frozen grab-and-go options. Choose from six new meal options weekly and pick them up on Sunday or Monday. In a hurry? Check out their grab-and-go selections. Custom meals may be ordered with any dietary restrictions to meet your lifestyle. Check out their Facebook page or go online at cleaneats.com. That's cleaneatswithaz.com. Clean Eats, it's a lifestyle. Now in Winston-Salem and Boone. Excuse me, that wasn't a timeout. That was the end of the first quarter. Second quarter here at Audrey Kell. Easter Side with a 7-0 lead, but Audrey Kell with the football in Easter Side territory. Yeah, we're slipping a little bit. Yeah, I are. thought it was a timeout. I did too. <laughs> Curtis and shotgun, empty backfield. He looks towards the left at three linemen, uh, wide receivers back there. Does get it completed to number 34 for first down. That was Ryan Curry with the reception. And that was number six, Matthew Joins on the tackle. And this has been the mo this has been the furthest Audrey Kell has been able to drive on his East Forsyth defense so far tonight. And Audrey Kell is putting together a really good drive here. That was another first down that they just picked up. So first and ten for the Knights. Curtis hands off to his running back. He bounces off the line of scrimmage, and that gives East Forsyth just enough time to catch up to him. For he might have got back to the line originally. Number six, Baylor Morgan. And that was number seventeen, Nick Martin, on the stop. Uh, Nick got his big paws around him, and the runner for Audrey Kale was unable to go anywhere. So I'll bring up a second down for Audrey Kale. They're driving right to left on your radio dial as they flip the field for the quarter. Curtis drops back to throw. That ball is caught by number 19, Ethan Presutti. Presutti. And that's going to be another first down for the Knights. And number three, Nasir Graham, was on the coverage. That's going to bring up a third and one for the Knights. We'll see what they do here. They've passed. There's probably been 70-30 past the run for Audrey Kell so far tonight. They're not afraid to throw this ball around. And Curtis gets an audible from the sideline. Still got plenty of time on the play clock, 12 seconds. Curtis takes the snap a little high, drops back the throw. That ball sails high to the wide receiver, incomplete. That was intended for Wyatt Hendricks. Curtis was under a lot of pressure. Uh, there was some heat coming from Nick Martin and looked like also Nasir Graham came on a blitz. 
So that's going to bring up a fourth and one for the Knights. They're kind of in that no-man's land area where it might be too, a little too far for their field goal kicker. Yeah. But then it's a great position to try and go for it. Well, of course, you know, in situations like this, you always want to try and run up to the line of scrimmage and see if you can't draw the defense off sides. They just need a yard for the first down. It's fourth and one. The ball's on the 24. That's exactly up. what they did. They ran up to the line. But they handed off to the running back who had to come I don't from think behind. he got it. He, he did not. He did not get it. Instead of Excellent just play it. by the Eagles defense. The, the way they did that, I don't understand because they ran up to the line exactly the way you described you would do it. But once they did that, they did a, a delayed handoff in the backfield, and the running back had to get four or five steps to get back to the line. And by then, East Forsyth's defense had penetrated the backfield and couldn't get that yard. Yeah, that was play was an interesting call. Um, they decided to go for it in that no-man's land area, but the Eagle defense was able to hold, and now it becomes a turnover on downs. And uh, offensive coordinator Ron Horton gets to see what he can do with the ball here with just over 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And that can be deflating for a team, you know, after a while. You know, you keep getting into these situations and you can't convert on them as Rayner takes the first and 10. He's going to throw it down the field. He's got a man wide open, and guess who it is? It's Quayshawn Brown all the way down to the 30, the 20, <laughs> the 10. Touchdown. Q Brown, uh, you are ridiculous. There's, that was Q Brown, the man, the same young man that came out on an Audrey Kale sports page that says Q Brown is, he oh might be a little gosh. fast, but he's too small to play against the Audrey Kale defense and the big guys out there, and they were going to hold him in check. And I guess if that's their definition of holding them in check, I hope they hold them in check all night. Oh, my gosh. I, I think they're going to change the uh, game plan <laughs> after seeing that. Uh, when I heard y'all talking about this on Tuesday on the Nets, I was like, are they talking about the same question Brown we've been covering for the past five weeks? Because that kid is a problem. And the last thing they needed was bulletin board material as uh, Andrew Conrad comes out to kick this extra point here. That was a long touchdown. That was about an 80-yard score for Q Brown. Yes, it was, and it looked so good. And it was a great pass by Jalen Rayner, of course. And you could tell those two have a pretty good chemistry together. Uh, they, they've been playing all season as well as in the springtime together, and they're just really turning it on at the right time, uh, second round of the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, the Eagles, they're, they're – kind of feeling pretty good about themselves right now I told what did I tell you in the pregame that my first my first thought when I walked in here that when I saw the field my first impression was that it's going to be a long day potentially because East never gets a chance to play on artificial turf mm -hmm. and they have a number of dudes that if they get on turf they're going to just naturally be faster imagine the the 99 Rams, if they played on grass all the time, then all of a sudden they got to play a playoff game on, on turf. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah, the greatest, show, the greatest show on turf. And we're starting to see a little bit of it here now. Q Brown making his presence known. It's 14-0 East for Scythe over Audrey Kell right now uh, in the second quarter. And they're starting to build a little cushion for themselves, Rod. Yes, they are. And uh, Andrew Conrad is back to kick, and I'm sure he will send this ball right on through the end zone. It's kind of what he does. Yeah, that's exactly what he did, and that's going to be a touchback. Audrey Kell will start off on their own 20. Yeah, so Audrey Kell has got a, about 80 yards to go before they can hit pay dirt with just over 10 minutes and, or really 10 minutes and four seconds left in this first half. I'm, just, I'm just still thinking about that play. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful play. It uh, was. It, it was. From the time it left Rainer's hand mm -hmm. to the time it dropped into Q Brown's hand, even the time where the defender tried to touch Q Brown, yeah. but all he could do was push him, and it looked like he propelled him, him forward. Faster. Yeah. <laughs> so it looked like, it like he pushed him forward. And after that, it was like nobody was going to catch him. But, yeah, Rayner threw a spiral and hit him in stride about 40 yards down the field on the sideline. Yeah, it was just simply beautiful. So first and 10 for Audrey Kell. 
handoff. That's Morgan. So Morgan gets up about five yards on the carry. It's yeah. going to put them out to about the 25. Tackle was made by number 17, Nick Martin. They ran just inside of Nick Martin. They tried to run an off-tackle play, and Nick Martin was able to come and make the tackle from the backside there. Shout out to our uh, our boys J.P. Mundy and Coach Josh Resignalo. They're in Kernersville doing Glenn versus Myers Park. You can hear that game on Tobacco Road Sports Radio also as this pass is caught and the, the receiver took a lick by, uh, I think that was. That was uh, Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell, yeah. yeah. But that got the first down. And, and uh, Audrey Kell taking a page out of East Forsyth's book. They're lining up quick here. Ball is snapped. They get the ball out really quick to number six, the running Morgan. back. Yeah. And he gets pushed out of bounds. Close to the first down marker again. And that was Will Montgomery who knocks him out of bounds. And Audrey Kell switching some things up here. They're yep. kind of going to a, a, a all-pass type offense down 14-0 early. Yep, and they're trying to run that hurry-up offense as well. And that was a Curtis. That ball bounces off the receiver's hand out of bounds. And actually, I think number six, Baylor Morgan, might have hurt his hand on that play. He may have. That looked like kind of a weird pass play where they wanted to run it to Morgan, but at the same time, as the defenders were coming to make the tackle on Curtis, he was able to try and pass the ball to Morgan kind of like on a late wheel route. Yeah, that's exactly how it kind of came off. But the pressure from East Forsyth made uh, Curtis throw the ball faster than he wanted to. Audrey Kell takes a quick little breather in between here and almost a mini timeout. And now they're off to the races again. Curtis throws the ball to the middle. Phil, it's caught by his receiver, number 16, Jack Barker. Yep, and tackle was made by number eight, Isaiah Crowell, and number five, R.J. Brown. And Isaiah Crowell is the North Carolina State Wolfpack commit as Audrey Kell goes to their hurry-up offense. Five wide receivers in the set here, and they throw it to the right-hand side. And we got a flag on the play. It's a holding on number 14 of Audrey Kale. He grabbed the receiver and spent them around. So that one's going to come back. Yeah, I think Audrey Kale thinks it's on East Forsyth. Yeah, they can keep thinking that all they want. It's <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Let's see what the refs have to say about this. We're waiting on the signal here. Here we go. Hold on, Audrey Kale. Hot yeah, Rod had it correct. Oh, I saw it. And, it was uh, obvious. And we go move this football back. So that'll make it. See where they put this football here. It's going to be a 10-yard penalty from the spot of the foul. I think the foul was kind of right there at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so they're going to go back here to the it's like the 41. The now they have the first down is on the the opposite side on the East Forsyth side of the field. They have to get to the East Forsyth 40, uh, 46 yard line. They are on their own 41 yard line, so they got to get about 13 yards here on third and 13. Curtis and shotgun. He drops back, looks around, tries to throw it to the flat. That ball is incomplete through the receiver's hands. Good defense by number 20, Will Montgomery. Yeah, Will Montgomery was all over that play. It was as if he was almost in a huddle with it. And uh, even if the catch had been made by the receiver, Will Montgomery was in a position where the receiver was going nowhere. There would have been no yards after catch. So that brings up a fourth down for Audrey Kell. The problem for Audrey Kell is as more minutes tick by, both the offense and the defense for East Forsyth, We've seen this over the spring and, and through this fall season. The, they get motivated by big plays. The bigger plays that happen, they start playing better and, mm -hmm. and more motivated. And the defense making a stop uh, is just going to motivate them more throughout this game. You kind of feel them like their swag meter is building, <laughs> you know, from what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. High snap on the punt. The punt is up and in the air. It's a pretty good kick. Of course, East Forsyth does not have anyone deep 
uh, to wait on the ball. They just want to make sure that Audrey Kell does kick it and doesn't try any faking, and I don't blame them. So East Forsyth's going to come back out with good field position again. The ball is going to be right around the 30 or the 28-yard line, so not so great positioning compared to what they've had previously, but still. Well, again, this is just another test for the Eagles. That's part of the reason that they don't put anyone back there. Of course, the primary reason being they want to make sure that when the, and their opponent is punting the ball that they actually punt the ball. But then the secondary reason is to make sure that they can give their offense a good test, especially in the middle of a second quarter. So uh, let's look and see what Ron Horton has dialed up and how comfortable he is at calling his plays in the second round of the playoffs. 8.33 to go here in the half. Rainer in shotgun. We haven't seen Quan Porter since that opening drive. I'm curious if maybe he might be injured or, or nicked up or something over on the sideline. Yeah, either, one, either, one, either that or he made a mistake. Fisher gets the handoff and gets no yardage on that play. Maybe lost a, lost a yard. Yeah, I think he did lose a yard. The defense was all over that play. There was penetration on the offensive line. There was nothing much the Eagles could do with that penetration. But, um, yeah, haven't seen Quan Porter, so hopefully he's not hurt. I don't but, see him on the sideline, to be honest. He might be in the tent. Yeah, he may be in the tent. That's probably why he's uh, not out there. So uh, Fisher has been back there. Ingram's been playing more of a hybrid wide receiver uh, running back role. East, and he's dangerous out in the middle of the field himself. Speaking of which, they pass it to Ingram, gets past one defender, spins around, and then Andre Kell catches up to him. They're going to push him backwards, but not before he gets a gain of about two or three. Ball squirted out at the very end, but they're going to say it was down. Yeah, they had already given him forward progress, and of course the whistles had blown, but Audrey Kell's defense did not stop trying to push him back, and that's part of the game. Uh, you know, sometimes guys, they get a little headstrong, and they want to keep moving. But that's going to bring up a third down and five for this East Forsyth Eagles. 7.24 to go in the half. We'll give you a scoreboard update at the half as well. A couple of area teams in action tonight. Rayner tries to look to his left. Can't find anyone. Scoots around the pocket. Just tosses that ball out into the open field. Good play by Rayner to avoid the sack. Yeah, he was outside the tackle box. It went past the line of scrimmage. And uh, he didn't throw it all the way out of bounds. There was a player in the vicinity, 10 yards in the vicinity, but there was someone there. So the Eagles will be forced to punt. Oh, and now they're throwing the flag. What is this flag for? Is it intentional grounding? He was out of the pocket. He was out of the pocket, and it went way beyond the line of scrimmage. But I'll tell you what's interesting. Before this flag came out, there was a lot of talking going on to the referee by the Audrey Kell sidelines coaching Ooh, staff. Actually, I think Conrad started clapping. I think he's saying that this might be on Audrey Kell. Oh, nope. no, they're calling intentional they're grounding. They're calling on intentional e grounding. But he was out of the pocket, and he threw it past the line of scrimmage. Well, it looked like the Audrey Kell coaches talked to referees into doing whatever it was or getting the call that they got, which is intentional grounding. So it backs him up five yards, but it doesn't matter. East was going to punt the ball anyway. And we're waiting for the ref to pick his flag up here. So Conrad's back at his own 15-yard line to punt here. Oh, now they're going to – okay, so now they're marked because they moved it back five. There you go. So now it's fourth and ten. The ball is on the Knights' 23-yard line. And we're so just, we're just waiting ready. on the ready-for-play signal yeah. from the referee, and then they'll be able to snap the ball to Conrad for the punt. 
Ball is snapped. Oh, Conrad has to get out of the way of a defender and still corks a beauty of a punt. And that ball is fair caught at the four, or excuse me, at the 42, but there's a flag on the field. I think they're going to say that the the, uh, the guy that received the ball, number four, Joshua Switzer, was touched by an East Forsyth defender. Let's see here. It was a very, very late fair catch signal. It was. And, and I'm not really sure if he's touched him. Well, he's didn't touch him. They're saying that he didn't give him enough room to so catch the ball. The catch. Yeah, so he pulled it. He had his hand up for the fair catch signal, and as soon as these Forsyth defenders saw it, he moved immediately out of the way. And he uh, caught the ball. But the flag came out much later after all of that. So it is first and ten for the Knights, but with the penalty, it's going to put them up around midfield. It should put them across, well, midfield. across midfield. Yeah, to the about the 46 of East Forsyth. So they're going to start off in East Forsyth territory for this drive. Yep, and this is probably the best starting drive that they've had all night. Yep, ball in the East Forsyth 46, first and 10 for Audrey Kell. Handed, handed off, off to Morgan. Morgan, and number five, R.J. Brown is wow. Johnny on the spot. He hits him behind the line of scrimmage, and there was nowhere for Morgan to go. Brown gets up limping a little bit. We'll keep an eye on that. Second and nine, gain of one for Morgan on the play. And Audrey Kell kind of pumps the brakes a little bit on that fast-paced uh, offense they came out with the last drive. Taking a little bit more time on this one. Curtis surveys. He's got Morgan to his left. Three wide receiver triplet set to the right. One wide receiver to the left. He throws it to the right, caught by number 16, but short of the first down. That was Jack Barker with the reception. The tackle was made by number three, Nasir Graham. Gain of about eight yards. Actually, more than that, about ten yards. That was a really good pass by um, Morgan. No, it's Morgan is the running back, but uh, Curtis is the quarterback. Really good pass by Curtis. 6.02 to go here in the second quarter. Third and three. They need to get up to the 36 to get the first down. And they get an audible from the sideline from... Um, from the offensive coordinator. Curtis gets the shotgun, hands off to Morgan, falls his blocker, but then he gets met by, by number Isaiah five, R.J. Brown and, and Isaiah yeah. Crowell. He didn't get to the first down marker. Through that running, he might have gained a yard. It's going to bring up fourth down, and they're in that no man's land again, Rod, where not quite sure what they're planning on doing here. They may have, did they call a – nope, they're coming back out here. So fourth and two. They're going to go for this here. Curtis in deep shotgun. Morgan to his left. Oh, no, he's going to punt it, actually. He does a pooch punt, and they're trying to pin the Eagles down, and they will. They'll pin the Eagles down inside. Wow. Yeah, just outside the five-yard line on about the five-and-a-half-yard line. So the Eagles will need to go about 94 and a half yards if they want to hit pay dirt. We've seen them do it before. Yeah, they've done it once or twice. <laughs> uh, we'll see if they can do anything tonight, though. I think these Knights are really starting to step up their game a little bit with this four minutes and 56 seconds left in this half. Uh, the Eagles have an opportunity not to only go down and make a big score, but they have an opportunity to use the rest of this clock and go into – uh, halftime possibly up by three possessions. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Horton, offensive coordinator for East Forsyth, can roll out his four-minute offense here, see if East can put something together. They've got one wide receiver wide to the left, two stacked to the right, 
Visher in the backfield. And that pass is thrown out to Quayshawn Brown on the sideline. Does a juke move, gets past one guy, and he's just going to step out of bounds. Game of about five. Yep, and that was number 10 on the stop for Audrey Kale. Christian Davis, he was able to corral Q Brown out of bounds, but not before Q picks up eight yards. So East Forsyth's not exactly in their no huddle either, taking their time. Rainer's got Fisher in the backfield again. Rainer's going to fake the handoff to him, squirts to the line, gets past the first down marker all the way up to the 25-yard line. And it looks like the Eagles are still trying to come up and set quickly and go at that fast pace. It's almost have to have different speeds to it because we've seen them do it super fast, and we've kind of seen them do it at a slower pace too. And that's kind of they're kind of in that mid-speed right now. Rainer fakes the handoff to Fisher, sheds a tackler, tries to throw it out to Ingram at the sideline, but he bobbles the pass incomplete, and it goes out of bounds, so it'll be second and ten. Yeah, Ingram was looking upfield before he caught the ball, and that's one of the things that sometimes receivers, they just get so antsy, and they're ready to get up the field to make those yards after catch, but they have to remember to pull the ball in and secure it, and then you can get up the field. But uh, Trey Ingram, very good ball player. He doesn't make that mistake often. And we'll see what Ronnie Horton has next. 4.25 to go here in the second quarter. I want to thank, you, thank everyone joining us here on WTOB 980 AM, 96.7 FM, and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Rayner going to throw this out to Q. Nice comeback and catch and gets out of bounds to stop the clock. Right around the, it's like the 34-yard line for East Forsyth. Yeah, that was a nice outside hook route. Uh, almost like a little timing route that uh, Q and Jalen have together. And uh, Jalen's able to get Q to ball, and Q's able to just curl, hook around, and then step right out of bounds, stopping the clock. And this ball. And Trey is has out. it this time. Trey's got this, and he's broken out past midfield to the 40, still fighting off defenders. East is past midfield to the 35 yard line of Audrey Kell on a huge run by Traylon Ingram. And Trey Ingram made sure he corralled the ball this time before he looked upfield. And as soon as he pulled it, he looked upfield. He got into a little bit of traffic, but then he was able to dart around to the left side and pick up a huge chunk of yard for the Eagles. Quick handoff, but no gain on this one as he's tried to test the left side of that line. It's going to keep the clock moving with 3.56 to go here in the half. Yeah, that Audrey Kale defense was very stout over there on that right side. Um, big number 55 for the Knights. Ryan Stevens, defensive lineman who's a senior, was there to make the play. East trying to put some points on the board here before the half. Remember, East Forsyth decided to receive the ball to open this game, so they'll be kicking off to the Knights in the third quarter. And that's a handoff to Ingram right up the middle. Breaks past the second line of defense. Still getting defenders bounced off of him all the way down to the 15-yard line. And another huge game by Traylon Ingram. And the Eagles are in the Boathammer Plumbing Red Zone again. You know, that was just old-fashioned tackle trap. Connor Hartley pulled around, kicked out the first man that came beyond the line of scrimmage. And Che Ingram just went right off the side of his hip and was able to pick up a huge chunk of yardage going right up the middle. We have a timeout by looks Audrey like, Kell. Uh, yeah, it looks like Audrey Kell wants to talk about it. We'll take a quick 30 seconds with him here. East Forsyth leading 14-0 and threatening in the red zone. Break! 
Football is back at North Carolina A&T. New season, new conference. Same Aggie Prime. Come cheer on the Aggies as they continue their winning tradition. Tickets on sale now. Listen to North Carolina A&T Aggie football all season long on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. go here in the second quarter. East Forsyth leads 14-0. It's first and 10. The ball is on the 13-yard line. East Forsyth in the Boatenhammer plumbing red zone for the second time tonight. And threatening to add more to their score, leading 14-0. Desmond Johnson, Hot Rod Thunderbird here with you at Audrey Kell here on the road for this contest. And that ball is handed off to LeJay Fisher. He stutter stops in the middle of the line and picks up maybe a yard or two on the carry. You know, LeJay Fisher, as small as he is, he's not afraid to run between those two tackles. Uh, I'd say he's in the middle of the big fellas. You can hardly see him down there when he's running yeah. through the middle of that line East, of scrimmage. East is known to keep a guy or two that's a little smaller in size and can kind of do a number of things. And this year it's LeJay Fisher kind of keeping up that tradition of Chris Chaplin and uh, other kids from the past from East Forsyth that uh, have some hardware. And I'm, I have to assume that Quan Porter is hurt in some fashion. We'll try to get an update at halftime because he's not been back in since the first drive. Meanwhile, all the way to the end zone, that is Quayshawn Brown with a jet sweep to the right-hand side. There's a flag that came out late. Yeah, that's Q Brown. I'm not sure if that's a late hit or if that is holding. It looks like it is holding, holding on the on Eagles. East. So that's going to come back. Yep, and that will burn a coach up every time. You get down here. Not only in the red zone, but you know, just inside of your or outside of your ten yard line, you have you call a perfect play that gives you the score, and it comes back for holding. So this is going to back them up here, and I, I'm sorry, I haven't seen anybody tonight that's been able to keep up with Q Brown when they yeah, when I, they've decided to give it to him. Well, I mean, you know, according to the what was put on the sports page of Audrey Kell. Uh, you know, Q Brown is supposed to be contained tonight, and they he's too small to play. Wow. And uh, like I said earlier, if that's their way they contain him, I hope they contain him every. I hope they contain him all night long. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same definition of containment that that we came up here with. But uh, two forty to go here. Second and twenty three for East Forsyth. Now they hand the ball off to Lejay Fisher. He runs up the middle of the line, gets stood up. We're going to blow the whistle to stop the play. And that's going to put the ball back into the red zone. It's like right around the 18-yard line. So it'll make it third and 16. And I have to think that Rainer's going to take a shot towards the end zone on this. Yeah, third and 16, you know, Ronnie Horton probably wants to just get close enough. Uh, but I got to say, if it is a pass, Dez, and it's incomplete, I mean, don't you bring in Andrew Conrad and let him kick here? I go for Q's over there by himself in single coverage. I would just throw a fade to the corner of the end zone, to be honest. There's no help going over there at all. Q actually runs across the middle of the field. He's wide open. Rainer That's has to throw it out of bounds. That's going to be intentional grounding again. Yeah. No flag came they're, out. They're going to call intent. Well, he does have Tim Davis over there in the area. Tim Davis yeah. was over there in the area. No, no flag on the play. Audrey Kell's asking for it. The ref is like, look, there's a player right there. <laughs> he just threw it over yeah. his head. Yeah, Audrey Kell was able to coerce the refs into calling the last intentional grounding. But they can't call this one. This time it was on East Forsyth's side. So that's going to bring Andrew Conrad out for a field goal here with 154 to go. 
Eagles leading 14-0. The ball is on the 17-yard line. So that would make it, what, like a 28-yard field goal? Make right? it a 34-yard field, field goal. goal. Mm -hmm. Oh, because it's, yeah, it's 17 to it. I'm adding 14. Yep. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm, by the time we get to the state championship round, I'll, I'll have the field goal math. That, that, no problem. No problem, Dez. You knock it out, brother. i tell you what. <laughs> well, you're my field goal calculator. You're the one that like, knows what it is. That's why I'm always like, well, how far is this run? <laughs> yeah, she's Andrew Conrad's got a 34-yarder to go, man. So this is well within his range. I think on the last kick, he just wasn't able to get his leg all the way into it. You know, sometimes you kick on the turf. It's a little different than the grass. It is a and so yeah. your pivot foot, you know, can kind of get messed up sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, but I think on that last kick, he's used to it now. I'm not sure what happened. What are they, they stopped, calling? They stopped the play and threw a flag. Well, what are they throwing the, the flag? The Audrey for? Kell coaching staff was jumping up and down on the sideline trying to get a signal to the refs for something, but I didn't catch exactly what it was. They did throw a flag, and now we're just waiting to see what well, this is. Well, they're in the middle having a conference about it. I'm not exactly sure what the conference is about. It's fourth and 16. East Recycles lining up for a field goal. They've been a 34-yarder for Andrew Conrad, but this might be getting walked back. Here's the call from the referee. They're calling delay of game on the Eagles. Interesting. So that puts the ball back five yards to the 22. So I'll make it a 39-yard field goal. Okay, and this is also an Andrew yeah, Conrad's still foot his range. range. So they're lining up for it here. Ball is snapped. Kick is up, and he made sure to get his leg underneath that one. Yeah, and it's good. That's good. Yep. There's no question about it. Andrew Conrad can knock those out. And, again, we talked about it when he first took this possession, have an opportunity to go up by three scores. So they're up 17-0 to zero. with a minute 49 left in this first half. What has been your impression so far of uh, Audrey Kellrod? I mean, I think Audrey Kell is a, a solidly coached team, to be honest with you. They they play very well on special teams, and that's kind of, you know, Coach Willard and I talked about that earlier this week. You know, whenever a team plays pretty well on special teams, you know that the coaches are coaching well because they're paying attention to details anytime you're coaching special teams. And I think they're highly coached. The problem is I just don't think they have the same talent on the field that the East Forsyth Eagles have. And I kind of feel, as I, this game goes along, I kind of feel a little bad for Audrey Kell a little bit because they said some things on their sports page really they shouldn't have said. It offended me. I'm sure it offended a lot of the Eagles. And I'm going to tell you what, I hope the Eagles just spank them and spank them and rank them. But I do feel bad I for them. But I still hope, yeah, but I do feel bad for them, but I still hope that they spank them. And then that way they won't talk this kind of trash about another team again, especially when you're talking about the second round of the playoffs, man. I, I don't feel bad for anybody. Kickoff is up and uh, – Andrew Conrad sends this one through the lights. Actually, almost returnable. Audrey Kell thought better of it. It's going to be a touchback. They're going to start off on their own 20. Yeah, and you can even see the body language in number 18 for Audrey Kell. You know, he was ah, letting the ball go. I mean, it's like the you third know, or fourth yeah. touchback already that yeah, he's had to can't. watch sail past. Yeah, that's all they can do. You know, it's crazy, too, because in high school, you don't see – you don't have a whole lot of kickers that can touch it back every time. And right. uh, we saw Conrad – at uh, Parkland, kicked like 28 times, a variety of kicks. Uh, yep. <laughs> touchbacks, yep. extra points, yep. field goals. All kinds of kicks except for punts. Except there for was punts. no punts. And uh, East won that game. Uh, it was like 70 to 0 or something crazy. 71 to nothing yeah, or something, something like that. It was uh, the, the Coach Willard was getting penalties on himself, so he couldn't <laughs> score anymore. <laughs> First and 10 for Audrey Kell. 
Curtis drops back the pass, gets harassed in the backfield, was in the grass, Nick, runs out of it. Yeah, he was in Nick Martin's grass, but Nick was unable to bring him down. And he tippy-toed down the sideline. They're going to throw a late hit flag. Yeah, and, it, and they should. That, they, he was out of bounds. The problem was the runner quarterback, uh, Carson, he was just continuing to uh, – excuse me, Curtis, he was continuing to run fast along the sideline. Yeah, side he was kind of doing that Pat Mahomes, yeah. like tippy-toeing down the sideline with yeah. it, and an East Forsyth defender just shoved him. Yeah. Out of bounds, and they're going to call it as a uh, – Yeah, they'll call that every there. time. They'll yeah. call that every time, and that's okay. So that's going to move the chains up near midfield. Uh, the balls get put up to the Knights' 40-yard line. Yeah. And, of course, that's not okay in the game because you don't want to get a penalty. But I guess, you know, it, it's kind of okay because it's one of those just fast, fast, quick, quick plays, man. You see this guy still moving, and he's not all the way out of bounds. He's tiptoeing. Then he takes those last couple of steps, and you're coming running. full yeah. speed. Yeah. He still would have been running down the sideline. Yeah. So first and ten, Curtis gets the snap again, tries to drop back the pass. He's bringing some heat. That ball was in the grasp of Morgan. He had to spin around to try to catch it, but he drops it. Incomplete second and ten for the uh, for the Knights. Yeah, Morgan, that ball was kind of thrown behind him a little bit. It and was, he, yeah. And he couldn't quite, you know, twist his body to get it and corral it the way that he needed to. But the Knights are, are moving quickly to the line of scrimmage, although the clock is stopped. They want to move with the fast pace just like the Eagles were doing, and I don't blame them. They try to get a score in before this minute 32 in the first half. Curtis takes the shotgun, rolls to his left, tries to sling that ball out. And that ball is knocked out by number eight, Isaiah Crowell, who is having a fantastic game in coverage tonight. Yeah, Isaiah Crowell is doing, doing great. That ball was intended for Jack Barker, the tight end for the Knights. And like you said, Isaiah Crowell, Johnny on the spot, batted it down. And that will bring up a third down for the Knights with a minute 25 left in the first half. The Eagles are leading us by a score of 17 to nothing. They need to be careful because if they leave some time on this clock, and have to get rid of it or lose it on downs. East Forsyth might have some time to play with here before we go into halftime. Yeah, they did kind of slow down a little bit on that last play there. Curtis drops back to pass. That ball is caught, but not enough for the first down. He's about two yards short of the first down. And old Nick Martin put some heat on the quarterback, Jack Curtis. Nick Martin gave him a good shove there and took him down. So I know the quarterback is feeling it. Yeah, Nick, Nick Martin told me he was going to be hunting Curtis all night long. Fourth and two for Audrey Kell. They decide to go for it. Ball on their own 48-yard line. They're trying to draw East Forsyth off sides, it looks like, but the Eagles aren't going for it. And we're going to get a timeout from Audrey Kell. Yeah, but Audrey Kell wants to talk about this. Let's take a quick one with them here and hear from our buddy Brett Wiseman and the score, which you can hear at 10 a.m. every Saturday on Tobacco Road. Everybody, this is Brett Wiseman, the host of The Score with Brett Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Join James Wilson and I each week, 10 a.m. Saturday mornings, as we take you through national sports, local sports, as well as our Tobacco Road Roundup, in which we do local coverage of your favorite college and professional teams. Every Saturday morning, 10 a.m., me, James Wilson, be there, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. The Score with Brett Wiseman. Saturdays at 10 a.m. on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. So here we go, fourth and two. They do a sneak up the middle, and that's actually good for the yeah, first, they get I believe. It. They do get it. You know, I'm surprised East Forsyth didn't really come out into a goal line set. 
usually in short yardage sets like that, you kind of want to get into a goal line set and make sure that there's no gaps up front. But they, it was actually a nice play design. They put a wide receiver in motion, and he just stopped over center and just went forward with it. So Curtis never touched the ball. I think we got a false start on Audrey Kell because they stopped the play. But yeah, it was actually, I thought it was pretty cool design. They, they brought a, a guy over in motion like mm -hmm. as if they were going to do a jet sweep, and then he just stopped right behind the center. They hiked it to him, and everyone just pushed mm -hmm. forward. And to, to what you were saying, Rod, East wasn't in a goal on set, so there was room to move. They just needed a yard. So I don't know if I've ever really seen that before. Yeah, I think that's the first time I've seen it. I may have seen it a long time ago on the college level, but mm -hmm. never on the high school level. Yeah. And, you know, the way the high school game is played now, you know, compared to when I played it, you know, it's like dinosaur ages ago. So, <laughs> you know, things are definitely moving in a progressive direction, that's for sure. Well, a lot of times, you know, the stuff we see in the pros, it started off in high school years prior. Like mm -hmm. when we were seeing the run-pass option, that started – we saw that in high school. Mm -hmm. The pistol offense, we saw that in high school to begin with. As passes complete – and they're back up towards the first down marker again, uh, the Knights. They're up to the East Forsyth 40, it's like the 40-yard line. And that is where they're going to put it. Well, no, they go a little bit behind it. So it's second down and about two yards. 33 seconds to go here in the quarter. East trying to keep Audrey Kell out of the end zone. And so now a little confusion with the, uh, the offense for Audrey Kell. Curtis takes the snap, throws it to his right behind the uh, behind the wide receiver again. He's been behind on a couple of these throws tonight. He has, and and on that play, he wasn't under a lot of pressure. But you know, as the night's been going on, he has been taking hits. Nick Martin has put a few hits on the quarterback, and anytime a quarterback is taking hits, you know, he can get kind of antsy and ready to let the ball go. Because you're talking about it's getting a little cooler, the wind is picking up. I was just going to say, you, know, I you, the wind. you feel, you <laughs> the feel those those hits and those thumps and everything that you get when it starts getting cold. <laughs> the wind did start, a little breeze started coming through. Curtis drops back, hits his, uh, hits his man number six, Morgan, in the flat. He gets out of bounds, and he gets the first down. So that will stop the clock with 24 seconds to go in the second quarter. Yep, and that was a good job of Morgan getting out of bounds. He knew where he was. He knew how much time is left on the clock, only 24 seconds, and he knew he had to get out of bounds to stop it. And it looks like the Eagles are going to take a timeout and make sure that their defense is ready to end this half. Let's take a quick 20-second one with them with our buddies over at North Carolina Golf Academy. This is Davis Troxler, the proud owner of North Carolina Golf Academy and the director of instruction. Don't let your golf game suffer from this dreary winter season. Come hit some golf balls, take a lesson. You can call us at 336-324-2374 for details. Thank you, and keep it in the fairway. Back here at Audrey Kell as we come out of the timeout here. So we'll set the scene. It's 24 seconds left on the clock. The ball... See where they've placed this football. Audrey Kell has it. They are driving on this East Forsyth defense. They've been out there for a minute now. Ball is placed at the Eagle 33-yard line. Audrey Kell going right to left on your radio dial. And here we go. Eagles up 17-0. Curtis takes the snap, drops back, going to get some pressure. He almost gets sacked by uh, Nick Martin, but got the ball out. It's going to be incomplete. Yeah, Nick Martin's been all over him all night. Like I said, I talked to Nick Martin on Tuesday night at the coaches' show, and I told Nick Martin there were a few things that he had to do tonight, and I did. there was going to be a problem if he didn't get them done. 
And I tell you what, so far, Dez, Dez, there's no problem. He's come out on fire uh, here in the second quarter in particular. It feels like he's been popping up more and more, getting lathered up. 20 seconds to go here in the half. East Forsyth holding on to a 17-0 lead on the road. Curtis draws back. There was a hold on the line there. That ball's intercepted and then dropped. Yeah, there should have been a, a, a penalty marker down. Nick Martin was held. He was turned around. My goodness. He was <laughs> he was taken here. down oh like God. it was WWF wrestling, and, man. And, he, and Martin's and Nick, talking to the ref yeah, right now about it. letting him know right now. I mean, it was clear as day. You could see Martin's undershirt yeah. from getting pulled. That's how yeah. I even saw it. And he got spent around. He got spent around so bad his, his feet went out from under him. But, uh, I mean, come on. My glasses can even see that. <laughs> Good grief. No call, though, by the ref. 13 seconds left. Third and 10. Ball in the 33-yard line for Audrey Kell. Curtis takes the snap. He looked at, he looked at his raw running back for a second. He's going to go deep to the end zone. That ball is incomplete. And no flag on the play. And Curtis threw that into double coverage. And I tell you what, that is not the coverage you want to throw it to. You, he had Will Montgomery back there. And I believe he also had Isaiah Crowell yeah. back there with him. That's, so uh, that, yeah. that's not the combination <laughs> that you want to throw in the double coverage on. You're asking for trouble as a quarterback in young Curtis. Those two, there's one guy's going to an ACC Power 5 school to play football, and the other one is going to be going someplace playing Saturdays as well. At the past couple weeks in particular, Will Montgomery has really turned it up in the secondary, him and Nasir Graham. The secondary has been playing great the past They really weeks. have. Those two guys are leading the team in interceptions, and I tell you what, Isaiah Crowell is leading the team in breakups and hard hits, letting you feel it. Six seconds left. It's probably gonna be the last play of the, of the half here. Once again, that ball is caught. Can he get in the end zone? He's all the way down to the two. Time expires. He doesn't zone. get in. And that, that was the best shot Audrey Kell had to score all half, and that's where it's going to end. First half under is done. 17-0. East Forsyth leads Audrey Kell, and both teams will run off the field. Pretty, pretty good half of football, Rod. It has been a pretty good half of football, and uh, one of the folks that I'm here with in the in the booth just reminded me that uh, there was a prediction made that this score would be 35-14. to 14. Uh, that was posted on the Audrey Kell website. However, I guess it's not going to be 35-14 to 14 just yet because no, Forsyth was able to score 17 <laughs> yeah, in the first half. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'll give you a scoreboard update. East isn't the only team from the Triad playing in the playoffs tonight. There's a handful of others. We'll give you updates on all of them. Then uh, Rod will give you his keys for the second half as well. So stick around. We're not going anywhere. You're listening to the High School Football Game of the Week on WTOB 980 AM, 96.7 FM and powered by TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. The specials never stop at Blue Naples Pizza, an Italian restaurant. Every day, you get a large two-topping pizza for only $11.99. On Sunday, watch football and enjoy our large one-topping pizza and 10 wings for only $17.99. Plus lunch specials every day of the week. Blue Naples Pizza and Italian Restaurant, 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. 
Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no appointment needed quick lube shop. Check out their thousands of five star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and auto repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamRetire.com. We love sports. Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer ever lived. Not only do we love sports, but we love to debate sports. He was bad in Jackie Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that's you? The new boy. Mike, Mike Tyson looks like a bulldog. He bad in him too. He the whip Mike Tyson ass. He whip all ass. For the best sports analysis in the triad. What about Rocky Marciano? In-depth local coverage of your favorite schools and teams. Let me tell you and of course, the best sports debate in the triad. Big Joe Lewis is ass. Welcome to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Joe Lewis was 75 years old when he fought. You're welcome. I don't know how old he was, but got an ass. If you're a homeowner, there's one thing that can cause nightmares when you leave on vacation. Plumbing. Bodenheimer Plumbing Services reminds you before going away for any length of time, think about this. Shut off your water supply, disconnect outside water sources, don't forget water heater maintenance, and test your sump pump. Bodenheimer Service Technicians also handle clogged drains, water heater repairs, and those unexpected leaks. Call Bodenheimer Plumbing today at 336-788-3966, 788-3966, and visit the Facebook page. Emergency Road Service, Lockout Services, Tire Changes and Jump Starts, Emergency and Towing Accidents and Breakdowns. Who are you going to call? Ray's Body Shop and Wrecker Service. You know Ray's for the highest quality body and paint repair and you can rely on their professional wrecker service as well, anytime, anywhere. 4345 South Main Street in Winston-Salem. Call 336-788-6174. When quality counts, count on Ray's Body Shop and Wrecker Service. The art of invisible repair hey pops where you want to go eat tonight i'm gonna go get me some good southern cooking at ball brothers down by the airport in winston no pops it's bell brothers and they closed years ago it's taste of the triad now taste of the triad is it in the old ball brothers building yup can i still get baked chicken and collard greens sure can how about neck bones meatloaf and pork chops taste of the triad has all that So they ain't got pinto beans, tater salad, mac and cheese, or fried okra? Pops, they have all that, plus homemade cakes and cobblers and sweet potato pie. Well, then I don't care what they call it. Let's go eat. Taste of the Triad. Open daily for lunch with $5.99 specials from 11 to 2 and chef specials daily. Don't miss the Saturday brunch from 9 to 1 and the soulful Sunday dinner when you come out of church full of the word but hungry for Southern comfort food. Taste of the Triad in the old Bell Brothers building at Old Walkertown Road and North Liberty in Winston-Salem. That's good Southern cooking. Are you looking to make 2021 your best year yet? Clean Eats can help with fresh meal plans and frozen grab-and-go options. Choose from six new meal options weekly and pick them up on Sunday or Monday. In a hurry? Check out their grab-and-go selections. Custom meals may be ordered with any dietary restrictions to meet your lifestyle. Check out their Facebook page or go online at cleaneats.com. That's cleaneatswithaz.com. Clean Eats, it's a lifestyle. Now in Winston-Salem and Boone. 
Enter your softball team into the Diamond Star K-Vegas Fall Futures Invitational November 20th and 21st at Ivy Redmond Park in Kernersville. Four-game guarantee per team with a single elimination tournament. 12 and up and 14 and up accepted. Team cost is $595 with a gate fee included. Winning teams in each age division will receive free entry into a 2021 or 2022 Diamond Star tournament of their choice. For more information, visit DiamondStarEvents.net. You deserve to get good service and great rates. At State Farm, we get it. And we're here to help because with every State Farm policy, you get good neighbor service and you get surprisingly great rates. So what are you waiting for? Get going and talk to a local State Farm agent about your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Susanna Nunn in Kernersville today. High School Football Game of the Week Halftime Show, brought to you by TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Let's go back to the fellas in the booth. Welcome back to Audrey Kell High School here in Charlotte, North Carolina. East Forsyth with a 17-0 lead here at halftime. Desmond Johnson and Hot Rod Thunderbird here with you. i got a scoreboard update. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, because Rod's got a mouthful of peanut M&Ms right now, so I'm not going to bother him. But uh, <laughs> we're going to do the scoreboard update, come back. Rod will give you his keys to the second half for both teams from what we've seen uh, so far. So let's get into some scores. Across the state, there's a couple of triad teams, some heavyweights that are in action tonight. Dudley up on Ledford, 28-7. Our homie Joe Serrera from the Greensboro News and Record and Winston-Salem Journal is out there covering that. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Serrera Sports to get up-to-the-minute coverage of that contest. The Reedsville Rams football capital of North Carolina continue their trek through the 2A Western region. They lead Chase 36-12. That game is at the half. Couple of surprising scores. Porter Ridge leads Grimsley 20 to 14 at the half. That game is at Grimsley at Jameson Stadium. We'll keep an eye on that contest. East Surrey leads Forbush 23 to 12. East Surrey may run across Reedsville before all this is said and done. They're in that two-way Western region as well as Shelby that uh, Joe Serrera laid out for us earlier today on franchise players. North Davidson leads Hickory 19 to zero. Is your score there in the half? Thomasville leads South Stokes 28-0. Myers Park came up the highway and are leading Glenn 35-14 is your score right now. That game is shown in the second quarter. Those are your scores. Those are your local scores right now. We'll take another break, come back, get Rod's keys to the game to the second half. East Forsyth leads Audrey Kell 17-0 here on WTOB's High School Football Game of the Week. It's the state playoffs powered by TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com.
emergency road service, lockout services, tire changes and jump starts, emergency and towing accidents, and breakdowns. Who are you going to call? Ray's Body Shop and Wrecker Service. You know Ray's for the highest quality body and paint repair, and you can rely on their professional wrecker service as well, anytime, anywhere. 4345 South Main Street in Winston-Salem. Call 336-788-6174. When quality counts, count on Ray's Body Shop and Wrecker Service, the art of invisible repair. Hey, Pops, where you want to go eat tonight? I'm going to go get me some good southern cooking at Ball Brothers down by the airport in Winston. No, Pops, it's Bell Brothers, and they closed years ago. It's Taste of the Triad now. Taste of the Triad? Is it in the old Ball Brothers building? Yup. Can I still get baked chicken and collard greens? Sure can. How about neck bones, meatloaf, and pork chops? Taste of the Triad has all that. So they ain't got pinto beans, tater salad, mac and cheese, or fried okra? Pops, they have all that, plus homemade cakes and cobblers and sweet potato pie. Well, then I don't care what they call it. Let's go eat. Taste of the Triad. Open daily for lunch with $5.99 specials from 11 to 2 and chef specials daily. Don't miss the Saturday brunch from 9 to 1 and the soulful Sunday dinner when you come out of church full of the word but hungry for Southern comfort food. Taste of the Triad in the old Bell Brothers building at Old Walkertown Road and North Liberty in Winston-Salem. That's good Southern cooking. Craving fried chicken? Stop by One Stop on the way to the big game. One Stop number 6, located at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville, serves fresh fried chicken and famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Craving wings? Come try the new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters in a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular, hot, ranch, or spicy. One Stop number 6, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. You deserve to get good service and great rates. At State Farm, we get it. And we're here to help because with every State Farm policy, you get good neighbor service and you get surprisingly great rates. So what are you waiting for? Get going and talk to a local State Farm agent about your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Susanna Nunn in Kernersville today. Looking to change things up a little? Visit Salon Resi. Located in Mount Airy, Salon Resi is the newest high-end full-service salon and spa in the triad. Salon Resi Spa includes massages and skincare. Grand opening this Saturday, October the 30th from 4 to 8 p.m. Featuring music from the beach group, the Catalinas. Plus food and drink by 13 Bones and Thirsty Souls. Salon Resi, where passion and creativity meet. 765 East Bluemont Road, Suite 200 in Mount Airy. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. Tobacco Road Sports Radio is so excited 
to be your home for triad sports. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! We heard you loud and clear. Our mission is to give you what you want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. Give it to me. Give me what I want. The best sports talk in live sports in the triad, period. What's up, everybody? Live Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Score once again with Brett Wiseman. Hello and welcome back to the Pit Stop here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Welcome back to Franchise Players, your home for Triad Sports coverage. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And if you think that's great, wait until you see what's next. It's going to be good. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Tune in at TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. And don't forget to download the new Roku channel, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Welcome back to Audrey Kell High School here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's just a party going on here at halftime. 17-0 is your score. for side leads Audrey Kell as we get ready for the second half. Desmond Johnson and Hot Rod Thunderbird here with you. And uh, as both teams come out and start stretching for the second half, I want to say thank you to everyone listening to us all over uh, beyond the triad. We've been getting messages from people all over the place outside of the state of North Carolina that are tuning into this uh, this broadcast. I just want to say thank you very much uh, for supporting these kids, for starters, high school football uh, here in the triad, and for supporting TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Rod, what are your thoughts here, your keys to the game? Let's start off with Audrey Kell. What did you see that you uh, did you thought they did well in the second, half, uh, second quarter, first quarter, and things that you thought they might be able to improve on? Well, I think they need to maybe mix it up just a little bit more. With a team like East Forsyth, you can't come out, I don't think, passing as much as Audrey Kale has been passing to start off with. you got to try to run the ball and loosen it up because it is getting cool out here. As a matter of fact, it's getting so cool out here. I've already thrown my gloves oh. and my toboggan on, and in you some parts the, of the world they say the beanie. I was going to say, so, you put the OJs I, on. Yes, sir, I put the OJ <laughs> gloves. The if they on. don't fit, you must have quit, <laughs> but I got them on. So I'm going to tell you what, the East, East Forsyth Eagles, man, they can be beaten just like any other team, um, but you have to be able to control the ball. And part of controlling the ball, what Audrey Kell has to do, they have to come out and really move the chains. They have been able to move the chains in some of these late series that they had in the first half. However, at the end of the first half, we saw they got down to the four-yard line, but time expired. They were unable to punch it into the end zone. So they can put a drive together on these East Forsyth Eagles, but they have to sustain drives. They have to get first downs, and they have to stop you know, beating themselves by getting these penalties. You know, we've seen Audrey Kell get first downs. We've seen them get large chunks of yardage. But we've also seen penalties go along with that, backing them up. So they're going to have to try and control this ball, uh, wear the Eagles down, and get into the get into the end zone. And the best way for them to do that is mix up the running pass, do a little bit more running, and then when they pass, they need to try and attack the seams of the the inside seam of the East Forsyth Eagles because that's where they've had the most success so far. On the other side of the coin, the East Forsyth Eagles, what they need to do is they need to continue to run the ball, dominate the game, control the pace of the game, and also keep that defense of theirs off the field. That's all they got to do, just wear this Audrey Glenn, this Audrey Kale defense out. That's all they got to do is wear them out, 
and I think they will be able to win this ball game. But, of course, the East Forsyth Eagles, they're a pretty balanced team. They're going to run just as much as they pass, and they're also going to go to what works. And there's nothing wrong with that because if you can't stop it, you might as well keep running. But now it looks like we're ready to start this third quarter as Andrew Conrad is getting ready to tee off. Yeah, I'm just thinking back because we've done a couple of East games now, especially over the past month. We did the East Forsyth Glen game together. We did East Forsyth West Forsyth to close out the regular season. Um, and then we did their opening playoff uh, game last week. They've played a lot. They've really played mistake-free football the past, like, month. They haven't really done a whole lot of uh, silly penalties or I don't really remember them turning the ball over a whole lot. I think they did in the Glenn game once um, on an interception that kind of got batted at the mm-hmm. line. But they, they've really been playing really well, really, really ever since that loss to Reagan about six weeks ago. And they've been on a six-game winning streak ever since. And it feels like they've been playing better each week. So we'll see here as the second half kicks off here. Audrey Kell starts off on their own 20 after Andrew Conrad kicks that back for a touchback. And here we go. Curtis and shotgun. He's got Morgan beside him to his right. Three wide receivers to the left, and he's looking that direction. Actually throws it to the middle of the field to number 16, Jack Barker, for a completion, and that's a first down for the Knights. Yeah, in the middle of the seam is what I was talking about. That's where they have to hit this Eagle defense because that's where the Eagles are a little bit weakest at. So it looks like they made some adjustments the Knights have at halftime, and they're attacking that part of the Eagle defense. We'll keep you updated on those scores we gave you at halftime throughout the game as well. Meanwhile, second down and another pass up the middle. Right at the seam of the defense again. That's two passes in the row where they've hit this Eagle defense up the seam, and that's the same type pass that worked when they drove the ball in the very last series of the first half of this ball game. That was the tight end again, senior Jack Barker. And actually, there was a flag on the play, so we're going to go back here. Yep, and he was tackled by Matthew Joins, but like you said, that play is going to be null and void as there is a penalty on the Knights. And that's one of the other things that we said the Knights cannot have penalties because if they do, you know, we've seen them get large chunks of yardage, but they can't have it being backed up on them and those yardage taken away. So that penalty looks like it's a legal man downfield on the Knights. And that's going to be put the Knights on the it's like 31-yard line. So first and 10. They try to run a bubble screen here, and the receiver's got some room. He's past midfield, one man to beat. He gets tackled at the, the Knights' 40-yard line, and the Knights are in business in East Forsyth territory. Good gain of about 25 yards. Yep, and that tackle was made by number six, Matthew Joins. Matthew Joins was the last line of defense. Had Matthew Joins not able to bring down the receiver, we'd be talking about him being in the end zone right now. First and 10 for the Knights, and they're on the move. Quick pitch to Morgan to the left side. Tries to probe the sideline. Probably picked up five with the dive. The Morgan was tackled by number 16, Jules Taylor, right on that Audrey Kell sideline. And Audrey Kell's going into their hurry-up offense. They're coming to the line of scrimmage extremely fast with trips to the right side of the formation. And there's a sack. And Jules Taylor busts through the line, and he puts – Oh, the quarterback down. <laughs> Curtis did not even see him coming. Curtis had no time to even put his hands up or make a move to try to get out of Jules Taylor's way. And that's going to bring up a third down for the Audrey Kale Knights. Just like that, that momentum got pushed back, got mushed backwards into the, the Audrey Kale backfield. Taylor coming in with bad intentions, unblocked, makes it third and long. It's going to be third and 11 for the Knights. The ball is on the East Forsyth 44-yard line, and we've got a stoppage in play by the refs. 
looking to see what this they're I think they're trying to get the the guys right on the sidelines. Well, they're talking something over. They're, they're doing some long-distance talking. Now they're coming together yeah, to try and come together. figure out what they need to do to get this game going. So they're pointing to both sides. They're pointing to the East Forsyth side. Now they're pointing to the Audrey Kale side. And now they're meeting right at midfield toward the East Forsyth hash mark. So they're calling this an official timeout. Oh, they even gave the official timeout motion. So this is a serious conference. I mean, all the referees <laughs> have grouped together, everybody except the scorekeeper, and sure. that's because he's in the press box just below us. I'm not sure what exactly the East Forsyth players are all pointing. Are they saying maybe an illegal substitution or something? Or Because they're, they're all East players are pointing at a player saying that he's here. This is a very long conference for something. We still don't know exactly what what they stopped it for. Yeah, I'm very interested in knowing what is going on. Haven't seen any animals or anything come down on the field. <laughs> I thought there was a fox or something that ran out. I don't remember what game it was. I was watching SportsCenter earlier today, and a fox ran out on a field. It was running around all over the place, and they said that uh, the fox lives on campus, and they've named it or something. So, like, the whole stadium was going crazy, cheering for it. It was oh, weird. Wow. I don't know. I was like, no, get that fox on out of here. Yeah, I'd stay away from <laughs> those foxes. Yeah. Did we find out while we had the official timeout? I know. They never gave a signal, never said anything. Now we just have the ready-for-play whistle. That is it. It's third and 11. The ball is on the 44-yard line of the Eagles. Curtis drops back to throw, has to throw it side-armed out to uh, his tight end, but that's going to be incomplete. He was getting some pressure again by Nick Martin, and Andre Kell looks like they're going to be forced to punt. Yeah, the pass was intended for Barber, but it looks like Matthew Joins was out there on the coverage. And just not a good pass by the quarterback of Audrey Kale, which is Jack Curtis. He, he does – um, he has like a sidearm type throw. That might be the Patrick Mahomes effect because I've seen him throw it a couple of times now where I guess maybe high school quarterbacks are starting to learn how to throw balls at different angles because of Pat Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson and mm -hmm. uh, this new wave of uh, young quarterbacks that are in the league now. They're going to run out of time here. They're going to get a delay of game. And that's it, a delay of game. Yep. Audrey Kell did time. Audrey Kell didn't have enough personnel on the field. There was a young uh, player running on at the very last minute. They were trying to get him on. Like it was number 22 and the Miles High School. Yep, and looks like the refs had to throw the flag, so they're moving Audrey Kell back five yards. So they'll be punting from their own. The ball spotted at their own 40 or the East Forsyth 49-yard line that just across not, midfield. That might not be a bad thing for them though, considering they're punting, gives them a little bit more room to try to pin East Forsyth back there uh, near that goal line. Yeah, it looks like the Eagles are not putting a uh, return man back there. The punt is up. Lands at the 20, and it's going to be downed. Oh, they should have let it roll a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he had an opportunity to let it roll. So that ball's going to be put down at the 12. So not a, uh, the plan was brilliant. They were going to pin him probably within the five-yard range, but uh, they, they downed the football with 10.08 to go in the third. East Forsyth leading 17-0. This will be the first time we see East Forsyth in the second half on offense. Yeah, with 10 minutes and 8 seconds left in this third quarter, the Eagles are going to start, like you said, on their 12-yard line, Des. So they uh, have quite a bit of ways to go uh, to get this touchdown and, and get pay dirt here. And I'm sure the Eagles are anxious to get back on the field. 
they haven't been on the field in quite some time because even leaving the first half, Audrey Kale was the last team with the football. Rayner takes the snap, fakes the handoff, throws it to the outside to, I think that's Tim Davis, picked up about three yards. Looks like that's number 11, Trey oh, Ingram. Trey Ingram, excuse me. He was on the far side of the field there. Yeah, it looks like he may have just gotten back. No, he picked up maybe about four yards. It's going to bring up a second and six for the Eagles at their own 15-yard line. And that's a quarterback keeper. Jalen Rayner keeps it, runs in the middle of that defense, and he's not able to get anywhere. He may have picked up a yard, maybe. But Audrey Kale was sitting right in the hole waiting for that. There was nowhere for Rayner to go. So third and four for East Forsyth. Ball is on the Eagles' 17-yard line. Three wide receivers spread out wide to the right. One to the left. Fisher in the backfield with Rayner. He's lined up to his right. They fake the handoff to Fisher. Rayner has to get out of the way of some danger and throw that ball out of harm's way, out of bounds. And East Forsyth will live to see another day. Looks like they're going to have to punt this football. Yeah, that's a three and out for the Eagles. And you don't see a lot of three and outs for the Eagles. And, of course, I don't expect there to be a fake here, although it's just fourth and four. Um, I wouldn't expect the Eagles to fake it not this <laughs> far <know>. down in <laughs> their had own this territory. We've before in these types of situations, and right when we've talked ourselves out of it, that's when they end up doing the fake. So Yeah, yeah, I, I just don't see that yeah, fake happening in gonna, this position here. Yeah, I don't think that's going to. Yeah, that's not what you want to do. <laughs> that that could definitely put Audrey Kale right back into position. And good kick Ooh. by Conrad. And a fair catch is called. Not, he fair caught it at the – like at the – Knight's 41-yard line, and we'll keep it here. This game is going pretty quick. 8.46 to go in the third quarter. We just crossed the 9 o'clock mark. It's 9.05 here. I want to thank everybody that joined us listening on WTOB 980 AM or 96.7 FM. It's the high school 4A state playoffs. East Forsyth and Audrey Kell getting after it. It's been a pretty uh, decent contest so far. You know, at least if you're an Eagles fan anyway. Audrey Kell hasn't really been that far behind them. No, they haven't. They just they, haven't really been able to get into uh, uh, the end zone, really. Yeah, they're playing well. They just haven't been able to sustain the drive. That's number six, Baylor Morgan again with the run. Yeah, but he's tackled by R.J. Brown, and they, the Audrey Kell offensive line is able to move that line forward for about three yards. It's going to bring up a second and seven for the Knights. Just under eight and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Nodrick Kale is looking to the sideline for the call. The ref has given us the stop whistle signal, and that's going to be a timeout. Audrey Kale Knights are taking a timeout. We'll take one with them. East Forsyth leads 17-0, but Audrey Kale with the football. Ball on the Eagles 44-yard line, second and seven. If you're a homeowner, there's one thing that can cause nightmares when you leave on vacation. Plumbing. Bodenheimer Plumbing Services reminds you before going away for any length of time, think about this. Shut off your water supply. Disconnect outside water sources. Don't forget water heater maintenance and test your sump pump. Bodenheimer Service Technicians also handle clogged drains, water heater repairs, and those unexpected leaks. Call Bodenheimer Plumbing today at 336-788-3966, 788-3966, and visit the Facebook page. 
21 to go here in the third quarter. East Forsyth leads 17-0 over Audrey Kell, second round of the 4A state playoffs, the dreaded western region. Audrey Kell with the snap. Curtis getting some pressure. He gets hit hard in the backfield. That's an incomplete pass. And guess who? Number 17, Nick Martin, back there again. He might as well start paying rent back there. He's been back there all night. Yep, and number 20, Will Montgomery was on the breakup, and actually Will was in a position where he could have gotten an interception, and Will was a little upset with himself. He knows he should have had an interception, and uh, he's going to regroup and see if he can make the next play. I tell you what, Kale is not giving up on the passing game at all. No, not at all. It's, it's like ingrained into their offense here as Curtis drops back again for a pass. That ball's too high. There was three Eagle defenders in the vicinity, and that's going to bring up fourth down, and Audrey Kell has to punt. So Nasir Graham was on the coverage on that one, on that high-thrown ball. This game's kind of stalled into uh, both offenses just trying to figure things out. You know, at halftime, you try and make adjustments, but sometimes teams have <laughs> enough wherewithal to say, hey, I think they're going to try and adjust to this, so maybe we'll make adjustments. So sometimes you can kind of adjust yourself out of what needs to be done uh, going forward in the game. And there's a lot of shifting around as the Knights bring out their punt unit and getting set to punt this ball. And the Eagles don't have anybody back to receive it. It's a high punt. Didn't go very far. Got to the – got to the – take that back. Got to the Eagle 35, and it rolls out of bounds. So they'll start around the 34-yard line. Yeah, it went further up in the air mm -hmm. than it did, you know, down the field. Yeah, and it was very close to the sideline the way it was punted. So although it did roll a little further down the field, you have to mark it where it goes out of bounds. And as you said, that was at the 34-yard line, and the Eagles are coming out to see what they need to do. And, you know, I'm sure Coach Todd Willard is wanting to put some more points up on this board. He is not happy and unless he is for sure, for sure, winning, winning, winning. Rainer and shotgun. We never found out exactly the situation with Quan Porter. He was in the first series, and we haven't seen him since. Still trying to get an update with him. Faked the jet sweep, and they've got – oh, they had Traylon Ingram, and that was going to be a touchdown. <laughs> he had Ingram, but Jalen Rainer led him too far, and when Jalen released the ball, he knew – he led him too far. You could see his hand go right up against his head yep. because Rain that was Trey hard. was wide open. Right in the middle of the field, right yes, on the he 50. Was. And he would have caught him in stride. It went off of uh, Ingram's fingertips, but and there, was there was no one around. Yeah, there was no <laughs> safety back there. There was no safety help. Uh, Trey had his man beat. And you're talking about six points on the first play. It, it just a little softer touch from the quarterback. This time they do the jet sweep to Quayshawn Brown, and this time he gets hemmed up by Audrey Kell's defense for no gain. And you know yep. that Rayner wants that pass back from before. Yes, he does. The defense was waiting on that one, and there's a conversation going on with Tim Davis of the Eagles and the, one of the officials on the field. I'm not sure what happened there. It's going to bring up third and seven for East Forsyth. They've got Q Brown in single coverage down at the uh, down on the right side of the bottom of your screen. They've got three wide receivers up top. Fisher in the backfield with Rayner. And looks like they're bringing a safety over to possibly help with double coverage on Q Brown. And they do. Rayner gets it out. They overthrows it incomplete. And East is going to have to punt again. Yeah, he overthrows Trey on that one. 
Yeah, they did roll a safety over that time to, to uh, double cover uh, Q, which probably about a half later than it probably should have happened. But <laughs> I'm, but sure, hey. I'm sure Q didn't mind that it, oh. not having anyone there earlier in the game, that's for sure. So both teams making adjustments out of halftime, and uh, neither offense can get things going here. I think this is probably the most punts I've seen Andrew Conrad take this whole year. It's been a minute, yeah. He hasn't had to punt this much. For most of the year, gets it off clean, good punt by Conrad. This is going to be filled in a quick fair catch again. And it was late, too. It was right at the very last minute. Uh, fair catch called by Audrey Kell. So they're going to start off on the 25. Almost like a touchback from Andrew Conrad. Yeah, really good punt. Uh, Andrew Conrad is a good weapon to have on your team. Allows you to play a little more chess instead of checkers because uh, you can really use him to in your strategy and, uh, and pinning teams down. And, and that way they have a long way to go against your defense. So Audrey Kell back out there again. 6.56 to go in the third quarter. Audrey Kell has not gotten into the end zone yet. 17-0 is your score. He's for Scythe leading on the road. Curtis rolls to his left, fakes the pass, has to keep it himself, and just runs out of bounds right at the line of scrimmage. Be a second down. Yep, Jules Taylor was right there to make sure that he was escorted out of bounds. And, uh, of course, I don't blame Curtis. You don't want to take any more hits from Jules Taylor. Jules Taylor was a linebacker for the Eagles who was able to make the big hit on Curtis, uh, the big sack uh, in the last quarter. And I'll tell you, you know, it, it can be hard on the quarterback when they're behind because the quarterback touches the ball every time. And they try to do as much as they can to make the – the, the play of success. Curtis threw it out to his running back, and we got a late flag. That might be a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit. I'm not sure if it was a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit. I'm not sure. At number six, uh, Malin Morgan was the guy that received the ball, but uh, he got hit. Yeah, he got hit by a host of eagles. I mean, you know, the first eagle on the ball kind of held him up, and the rest of the eagles came in and tattooed him. So I'm not exactly sure what this penalty is all about. This might be a hold on my on a uh, on Audrey Kell. Well, they're sitting there doing some serious talking. Been I don't having think some conferences in this game, haven't they? Yeah, they really are. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the referees are talking about down there. They're really having some serious board meetings. So we're still waiting on the signal here. Well, they're still talking amongst themselves trying to figure it out. It's oh, they're calling targeting. They're targeting calling on targeting on the Eagles. Now, does that mean that player gets thrown out of this game? I don't see anybody going out. They're call it's considered a personal foul. So supposedly if you get two personal fouls, you're then supposed you to be go. put out of the game. Don't you miss like the first half of the next game too or something like that? I know that happens in college. I'm not sure if that happens in the high school game. We'll keep an eye on it because I, I don't know if they really signal who it was. And you know, I, and I really don't like that call, Dez, because you got a defender who's already going low. And on that play, the running back actually dropped his head he did. and went low. And so he hit the defender as well. So that's why I'm wondering how can you call it that has a defender, I'm already low. And if the if, if contact is made due to the initiation of the running back, how do you call that? How do you call that targeting against the defense? It's, I don't understand. It's such a bang-bang play. It's really hard to do that. And these referees, I mean, it's gotten to the point where you can only hit a guy really between his hips and his neck. You can't really go above or below. So if guys are really trying to do that, it makes it really hard to 
to control your body when you're going top speed. So first and ten for Audrey Kell. That ball was thrown out into the flat and incomplete. It's almost like the receivers are hearing footsteps coming, especially the past couple of passes that, uh, that Curtis has thrown out there to him. Well, I tell you what, that ball was close to being a lateral. I was thinking Tim Davis could have picked that one up and Took went on to the, to the races. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so both teams are moving a little slow. They're trying to figure each other out. And, and the Knights are looking toward their sideline to get their call from their offensive coordinator. And, of course, the Eagles' defense have already gotten their call from Aaron Beal, defensive coordinator for the Eagles. And looks like an audible is being called by Curtis. Curtis throws it towards the middle. That ball is intercepted by East Forsyth. There's a flag on the field. I believe that's Tim Davis with the interception. That is Tim Davis, but there's a flag on the field, and I think it's coming back. It's going to be either holding on the Eagles or possibly pass interference on the Eagles. Montgomery's telling them to come back on the field. I think it's going to be pass interference. There was about three Eagle defenders in the vicinity. Ball should have never been thrown. There was yeah. triple coverage there. And to be honest with you, I wasn't able to really get down the field and look and see if there was contact or if there was holding made. But usually when the flag comes out in that area of the field, it's going to be one of those calls, defensive holding or pass interference. And we'll get the call from the ref here. He's trying to get the kids out of the way so he can signal the press box. And, and it is, is holding against holding the Eagles. East. So that'll negate the interception by Tim Davis. And that's going to move this rock all the way up to around midfield. So that'll be a, another, well, yeah, that'll be a first down for Audrey Kell. And that ball and that penalty will keep this drive alive and put them on the Eagle side of the field. The ball's now on the Eagle 49-yard line. Yeah, but that's going to be a first and 10. With six minutes and 23 seconds left in the third quarter, the Eagles are leading 17 to nothing. Six twenty-three to go in the third. Curtis thought about throwing it to his running back. He's got a man down the seam. That ball is incomplete. Good defense. I believe that was Will Montgomery on the defense. No, I think that was Nasir oh, no, Graham. Nasir Graham. There. Yeah, mm -hmm. number seven. Or no, not number seven. Should be number three, number I believe. Th yeah, number he three. Changed number. He changes numbers. There were a couple number. of number changes <laughs> just right when the playoffs started. And so we have to get used to those numbers. We've been calling certain numbers all year long, and now when you see a certain number, know, you're thinking like, of something else. And he said, no, wait a minute, that's Nasir Graham. Yeah, it's like, when did that guy start yeah, playing doesn't he, Yeah, doesn't Nasir Graham, I thought he used to wear a different number. That must be like a uh, like a number he wanted. It wasn't available. It became available in the season. Right. He's like, I'm going to switch my number, coach. There you go. Curtis getting flushed out of the pocket, tries to get rid of it. He throws it down the field. Yeah, he throws it out of bounds. He was flushed out of the pocket by Nick Martin coming from the outside and R.J. Brown was coming from his inside linebacker spot to flush him toward Martin and all he could do was throw that ball away before the sack came. So that was a smart decision for Curtis to throw it away. And that's going to bring up a third and ten for the Knights on the Eagle 49-yard line just across midfield. So as much as Audrey Kells had this ball in the third quarter, it's still 17-0 East for Scythe. Ball on the Eagle 49-yard line, a crucial third down for the Knights. And there's only two seconds left on the play clock. And it and expired. That should be a flag. That's a penalty. On the Knights. That wow. That be a delay of game. It's a delay of game. Or no, they, they said Audrey Kell got a timeout in. 
So timeout, Audrey Kell. That's the second or third time now a delay of game penalty has either they've either took it or had to call a timeout because they're about to get it. We're going to take a quick one with them and hear from our buddies over at Bowden Hammer Plumbing. If you're a homeowner, there's one thing that can cause nightmares when you leave on vacation. Plumbing. Bodenheimer Plumbing Services reminds you before going away for any length of time, think about this. Shut off your water supply. Disconnect outside water sources. Don't forget water heater maintenance and test your sump pump. Bodenheimer Service technicians also handle clogged drains, water heater repairs, and those unexpected leaks. Call Bodenheimer Plumbing today at 336-788-3966, 788-3966, and visit the Facebook page. to go here in the third quarter. East Forsyth holding on to a 17-0 lead over Audrey Kell. It's the second round of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association State Football Playoffs. We are in the 4A West region. Audrey Kell just took a, well actually almost took a delay of game, had to call a timeout to prevent it. So third and 10. I mean, Audrey Kell has one timeout remaining. Uh, to go with 6-10 left in this third quarter, and they got a whole nother fourth quarter to go with just one timeout. And East Forsyth has all of their timeouts left. So and here we go. Finally got the ready for play signal yeah. from the ref. <laughs> just waiting. We're just sitting there jamming to the band for a little bit. Uh, here we go. Curtis takes the snap. Getting pressure by Martin. This time Martin gets his prey. And Martin Sacked. gets Martin's been hunting him all night. And Martin finally gets there. And not only does Martin get there, he runs over number 54 to get there. And leaves 54 getting up slow. And Martin has been on a mission tonight to get back there. I don't know what you told him on Tuesday, but well, listen, <laughs> he came in with ants in his pants tonight. Yeah, he had to. to. Martin's playing defensive end. Defensive end is a spot that I have, have, have just honored and loved and cherished ever since the days that I played defensive end. So, you know, from one defensive end to another, telling me little secrets of this and that. And the main thing is that mentality, and you go hunting, baby. Well, you, you go hunting. You gave him the goods because – and this punter is running all the way up to, towards the line of scrimmage and punts it rugby style. There's nobody back for East, and they're going to get – they're going to have to start way back in their own territory. They get the ball down at the three – the ref's going to say, actually, the ref's going to call it. Looks like it he put it at the one. one. Yeah. Or the, well, about the two. Yeah. yeah it was touched before <laughs> yeah. then, but, you know. Yeah. So they're going to start at the two-yard line. East Forsyth's going to be backed up here. And it's become a field position game here in the third quarter, Rod. We haven't really seen either team get their offenses going. Uh, this is usually around the, the period of time where East Forsyth leans on their run game and just starts pounding on teams. But uh, they, I think they feel like they've got a disadvantage, or an advantage, I should say, with their skill position players against the Audrey Kell secondary. Well, and I think that they do. And, of course, they're probably trying to be careful in the run game because down here is where you'd be using a big back like Porter. But still, he is yet to come into the game in this second half. I don't think he's going to return. He hasn't been back in. I haven't seen him on the sideline. Meanwhile, that run is stuffed at the line by Audrey Kell. It's going to bring up a second and ten. Couldn't quite see who the runner was. I believe it was Leger Fisher was on the carry, number four. So they up and it was. They've really, because Ingram is usually their lead back, they've kind of made Ingram more of a slot receiver for this game. Rayner, oh, had a man that was Ingram. He hadn't turned his head around yet, but if he had turned his head around, he would have caught that for a pretty big game. 
That's yeah, incomplete. Well, Jalen had Jalen Rayner, the quarterback for the Eagles, had to let that ball go early because he was under immense pressure. And had he taken the sack, you're talking about the Knights retrieving the safety from the Eagles. So, of course, to save getting the safety, Rayner had to let the ball go just a tad bit early. So just like that, East Forsyth's already at third and eight. There's only been like 15 seconds actually picked <laughs> off, of the, off of the actual clock. 4.42 to go in the third. Yeah, and you know, and that happens when you're passing the ball and you have incomplete passes. Here goes Rainer. He's got a big hole up the middle of the field. Got the first down and more. Gets brought down at the, it's like the 26-yard line. So that will get the chains moving. And usually this is right when he starts doing this no huddle when they get a play and break it open. That's exactly what they're doing. They're going right back to the line. And they're not in a hole right now anymore. They're out past the 25-yard line. So they have some serious breathing room. And there's a flag on the play. It's probably going to be uh, on the Eagles, whether it's an illegal shift or possibly not enough men on the line of scrimmage, which is an illegal formation. But we will get the call from the ref who was out on the field looking to tell us. Let's see what the call is here. Uh, no, the call is against the Knights. I still didn't see what he said. What was the call again? It looked like it was... Um, they broke the huddle with 12 men is oh. what it looked like. So this is going to push it up five more yards. going to make mm -hmm. it first and first. It's going to be first and five, first and five. for the Eagles. Yeah. So East out of the danger of being in that end zone, trying to get something going here. And a run up the middle by, I believe that's Fisher. Yep, that looks like Fisher. And he was tackled by number 54 of the Knights. 54 was trying to pick him up and slam him down. Jack Raleigh, who's a linebacker, senior linebacker for the Knights. Rayner going down the field again. Oh, tried to get to Q Brown. And he's Q being hounded by a defender. Yeah, he's Q Brown was double covered by number 24 and number 33 of the Knights. Number 24, Jason Angelou, and number 33, James Stepp. They both are trying to cover Q. But, you know, if Q is being double covered, that means there is somebody else who's left open somewhere on the field, and Rayner just has to find him. He's had some opportunities in this game. A couple of misses here and there. And the Knights are trying to get some pressure on Rayner. They've been blitzing him, and they're bringing the whole house again. Oh, but he was the able to sneak There's past no it. one there. He's going to get past everyone to the 30. He's got one man to beat. Can he get past him? He stiff arms him, and he gets brought down at the four-yard line. A huge play by Jalen Rayner. About 60-plus yards running right up the middle. No one could catch him until the very end. Yeah, the Knights came with an all-out blitz. And Rayner looked like he was going to pass, but he pulled the ball down. And once he got past the first wave of the blitz, it was clear selling all the way to the four-yard line. And that was what East needed here. They're in the Boat and Hammer Plumbing red zone again tonight. Ball is on the five-yard line of Audrey Kell, first and, first and goal. And LeJay Fisher takes the handoff right up the gut. So he gained about and three yards. Number 68. Ian Sawyer just pancaked somebody down there on the goal line. Oh my gosh. Ian was getting up off of him. He looked like 
one of those guys off Revenge of the Nerds when the ogre had just <laughs> jumped on top of him, I tell you. <laughs> Second and goal. The ball's on the three-yard line. 2.47 to go in the third quarter. This third quarter feels like it lasted as long as the first half did. And, and that's they no Fisher good. had nowhere to go. Yeah. There was penetration all up front from the night defensive line. And they were on Fisher like he was a snack, and they were hungry, I tell you. You know, Audrey Kell plays a very fundamentally sound brand of football. They don't really make yeah. a lot of mistakes. They, they stick to their positions and where they're supposed to be. Yep. And, uh, they, it's kind of one of those lunch pail, everybody do your job type of mm -hmm. teams. They kind of remind me of the Patriots a little bit. There's no, like, stars, but together as a team, they're really good. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Rayner keeps it himself, and he's not going to get there. He gets tackled out of bounds. Yep, and they're very well coached, very well coached. That's going to bring up fourth and about five. And I don't know if they're going to bring Conrad in or just go for this here. Yeah, I mean, you know, in my opinion, you know, I think you bring in Andrew Conrad. I would You're say this the close. Same. Yeah. You know, you never take points off the board. You got an opportunity to put three more points up on the board, put points up on the board. You haven't scored anything in this half yet. Two minutes, seven seconds left in the third quarter. You don't want to walk away from here, away from home down in Charlotte, and not being able to take advantage of points that come to you. They go for it here. They don't get it. Stopped at the four-yard line, and East will turn it over on downs. Yep. So Rayner was not able to punch it in. He got to the five-yard line, five yards away from pay dirt. And the Knights' offense will take over with two minutes and one second left in this third quarter. Eagles still lead by a score of 17 to nothing over the Knights. And Audrey Kell, now they're in the same situation that East Forsyth was just in two minutes ago where they're on their own four-yard line having to drive out of the shadow of the East Forsyth goalpost here. And Audrey Kell has a player running on late. They were missing their tight end. Curtis takes the shotgun snap. He's going to keep it himself, run to the right-hand side, get brought down about a yard out of the line of scrimmage. We'll bring up second down. It looks like he was brought down by number nine, Tim Davis, came up from his safety spot and run support to make the stop. 140 to go, clock still running, second and nine. Yeah, he was able to pick up one yard. Nick Martin kind of strung the play out a little bit. Nick did what he was supposed to do. He didn't give an easy hole for the runner to cut back through. And now the night shift. Another handoff to number six. Almost got free there. Got past the first down marker. That was Baylor Morgan. And he was one missed tackle away from still running down this field. Yeah, Morgan was able to really cut back. He was started all the way to the outside. He was able to cut back into a seam. Uh, looked like all the Eagles had over-pursued the ball. And he found that little seam to be able to pick up 10 yards for the first down. Got some score updates for you for some teams still alive in the triad as it's first and 10 with a minute to go here. Curtis hands that ball off on a delayed handoff to Morgan. Pyle pushes him up about two yards, and he's brought down. Dudley's opened up a 46-10 lead over Ledford. That game is in the fourth quarter. Reedsville up 56-18 on Chase. That game's in the fourth quarter. Porter Ridge still leading Grimsley. 33-21 is the score there in the fourth quarter. East Surrey with a 10-point lead over Forbush, 30-20 in the fourth. Thomasville leads South Stokes 34-0. Myers Park still leads Glenn, 35-28 your score there. 
in the third quarter as Curtis drops back, throws a dart down the field. His wide receiver fell down to the ground, and there's a flag on the play. And they're going to call interference on Nasir Graham. Yeah, they're calling interference, but the runner had ran out of bounds. So even if he had touched it, he couldn't have come back in and touched the ball anyway. Unless they say Graham pushed him out of bounds. I know one thing, that 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 referee threw that flag like a football. He threw it about 40 yards across. Like he was trying to hit Graham in the back with it. Yeah, he did. It's interesting because it was almost as if the referee threw the flag based upon the response from the crowd. Yeah, you know, that's a couple times tonight we've had that happen where it has been like a later flag because the crowd has gone, oh, there's been a sigh or something's happened, and then all of a sudden you see the flag come out. And I hope that that's not been the case, but that's been the perception from up on the roof here. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they say you're not supposed to believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. <laughs> <laughs> no, so obviously the referees are taking that to heart. For real, they hear, they're hearing some grumbling behind them. They're like, oh, throw the flag. Get it out there. Get Golly. It. We'll figure it out in the group huddle. Nah, I'm going to stop playing. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. I call it as I see it, Dez. 22 seconds to go in the third quarter. Curtis throws it out to his man. His tight end gets it again. Puts a move on a defender. Picks up an extra three yards. And he's going to be near the sticks. Yeah, Will Montgomery was able to bring him down, but not before the receiver is able to pick up the first down for the Knights. So that's the first down for the Knights. Ball's going to be spotted at the 42-yard line of the Knights, first and 10. It's been a tight game. Curtis has to throw that ball, get it out of there, because he was getting bum-rushed by uh, Isaiah Crowell from the outside on a blitz. He threw it way early. He tried to hit his target, Demetrius Lembrakis. And LeBrockis was not turned around in time enough to catch the ball. So it looks like we probably got time enough maybe for one play unless it's an incomplete pass. Yeah, seven seconds to go in the, se uh, in the third quarter. East Forsyth still leading 17-0. It's been a scoreless third quarter. Laudrykel changes the play. Curtis takes the snap, hands off to Morgan, gets to the right side edge, picks up about five and that's going to be it for the third quarter. Yeah, tackle was made by number five, R.J. Brown. So we're going to take a quick break with Thank him as bro. well. That's the end of the third. East Forsyth leads 17-0 on the road over Audrey Kells. The second round of the 4A state football playoffs here on WTOB 980 AM and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Looking to change things up a little? Visit Salon Resi. Located in Mount Airy, Salon Resi is the newest high-end full-service salon and spa in the triad. Salon Resi Spa includes massages and skincare. Grand opening this Saturday, October the 30th from 4 to 8 p.m. Featuring music from the beach group, the Catalinas. Plus food and drink by 13 Bones and Thirsty Souls. Salon Resi, where passion and creativity meet. 765 East Bluemont Road, Suite 200 in Mount Airy. You're listening to Friday Night High School Football on WTOB Winston-Salem, W244-EM Winston-Salem, W242-CC Bethania, and WWBG Greensboro. Powered by TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Start of the fourth quarter here. Scoreless third quarter, so East Forsyth. Still has the lead they had when they went into half. 17 to 0 is your score. Curtis with a quick pass to this tight end who's been getting that work tonight. Picks up the first down, gets out of bounds. That was number 19, 
Ethan Prasetti. Pass complete to Ethan Prasetti, number 19. And that's another Ardry Kell. So Kell on the move here. Pass midfield again, Rod, but we've seen this a couple of times uh, tonight where Audrey Kell hasn't been able to get in the end zone. No, but Jack Curtis does have a good arm there. He does. And he brings the blitz. R.J. Brown comes in on the blitz, and he's able to make the tackle in the backfield. It's a loss of about a half a yard. And Audrey Kell lines up quick. Second and ten. And they're doing a lot of shifting and they moving. Are. A lot of moving around and here. Someone did not go with the player up top. And he doesn't see him. He gets hit and actually brought down for and a that, sack. And that's Isaiah Crowell. And they escaped. Uh, number 19 was out there wide open. No, no uh, East Forsyth defender went out there to cover him. And that was Prasutti. Yeah, Audrey Kale had an opportunity to have a big play on the far end by the East Forsyth sideline because there were two receivers and only one man in coverage for both of those receivers. And Curtis never even turned his head that direction. The pressure from East came in so quick, he had to take off running to the opposite side and uh, gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage. So just like that, it's third and 12 for Audrey Kell. Curtis takes the shotgun snap. He's going to throw it deep. He's got a man downfield. And there's a flag on the play. That yeah. was that, that was, was passing. Pass yeah, it was definitely <laughs> pass interference. I mean, Montgomery basically just pushed him out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely pass interference. I don't know why he's holding his hands up as yeah. if he did nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah, that <laughs> he one, knows what he did. Yeah, that that was pass interference <laughs> for oh, sure. My goodness, like we we didn't even say nothing as it was happening. I think we both just had the same thought. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, yeah, just run, him yeah, just turn around and, and just turn around and find the ball. That's it. Uh, but, you know, you, you, the ball's coming in the air. This quarterback is a good quarterback. He can drop it in there. He's got a and great arm. Curtis yeah, has got a really good arm. He really does. And, and you know, sometimes it's much better to go ahead and take the penalty than to take a touchdown. You that might have been what was happening because if that ball had been caught, it was either a touchdown or it was going to be first and goal for Audrey Tell. Instead, the ball is on the Eagle 33-yard line with the penalty yardage. First and 10. Curtis is going to keep it himself. Hole opens up along the line. He picks up a good chunk of yards, about eight yards on the run. Yeah, that middle was kind of wide open. Uh, looks like the Eagles have brought a blitz from the left outside linebacker, and quarterback went the other way to pick up a good chunk of yards. It's about eight yards on the play. Curtis hands off to Morgan and gets about three a zone block run. Yeah, but number 17, Nick Martin, was on the plate on the tackle for the Eagles. It was actually Joshua Switzer on the carry there, number four, who's in spelling uh, Morgan in the backfield. Ten minutes to go in the game. Three wide receivers to the left, and Curtis is going to roll that way. Throws it to his man, number 19, who catches it, but brought down immediately by... Looks like number six, yeah. Matthew Joins, was Joins. on the stop. So a good little gain of about five, uh, about four. It's going to bring up second and about six. As uh, Audrey Kell is in the boat, the boat hammer plumbing red zone for the, I believe, the first time tonight. Yeah, and that pass again was, uh, you know, when they first started in third quarter, they were going through the middle of the seam. Curtis rolls to his right this time, throws it to the back of the end zone, out of the corner of the end zone, incomplete. Had Montgomery and uh, looks like he had joins back there on coverage. Yep, two of the best in the business for at least the East Forsyth Eagles back there on coverage. 
And that's going to bring up a third down and six to go. Ball's on the 17-yard line of the Eagles. There's nine minutes, 22 seconds left in this contest. Got an update from Greensboro. Grimsley's come back to tie the game 27 apiece with Porter Ridge. It sounds like it's a good game going over there in Greensboro. Yes, sir. Ooh, and that's a ooh, and that's a sack by R.J. Brown. He hit him so hard he bounced off of him, had to go back and finish the job. And R.J. Brown came in on a heck of a blitz. That was a great timing call by defensive coordinator Aaron Beal, and he picked the right man to execute that blitz in R.J. Brown. And R.J. Brown came in there and showed you why not only is he a good football player, but he's a smart young man too, Devs. So 8.55 to go in this contest. 17-0. Audrey Kell getting pushed back here. It's fourth and 16. They got to go for it here. East brings some pressure. Curtis moves up, tries to find a man, still holds the ball, gets tacked, brought down. Not sacked. He got past the line of scrimmage, but that's going to be turned over on downs. Yeah, he was brought down by Nick Martin from the backside. Nick Martin was a weak side defensive end on that play, and he came around and – I don't know what Curtis was doing because he was already past the line of scrimmage, so he couldn't pass it. So why he was acting like he wanted to pass, yeah. I'm not sure. He should have just took off and tried to pick up the first down yardage. It actually confused me because I thought he was still behind the line because he was still <laughs> looking for a guy. And then when he got tackled, I realized, well, he's already like three yards past the line of scrimmage. He can't throw that football. So they turn it over on downs, and it's you start to feel – with it being playoff football, win and go home, you start to feel a little bit of desperation starting to sink in a little bit as uh, the clock is winding down further and further, and that 17-point lead for East Forsyth gets bigger and bigger. It's time to keep it on the ground on first and 10. I actually yeah. would be surprised if they don't do this a lot during this drive. Yeah, and they, and they move the pile, and that's what you want to do. It's a fourth quarter now, so you want to start wearing – on those defensive linemen, you want to start putting those, your offensive linemen's big bodies on them and start pushing and prodding them because it is the fourth quarter, and then you let your backs come in and run behind you and even give you a bigger push. But we got one of the linemen going off of the field for East Forsyth. Number 54 for the Eagles is hobbling off. That's Brandon Davenport. He's a senior, about 260 pounds. So he's not someone who was easily replaced on this offensive line of the Eagles. The wind kind of subsided here a little bit. There was a little breeze blowing in the second quarter. It's calmed itself down. And that was Jalen Rayner on the quarterback keep. Tries to move over to the right sideline, but he is not able to get any more than about a half a yard pickup. So that's going to bring up a third and seven for the Eagles. They have the ball on the 26-yard line. Actually, the ball looks like it's just barely touching the hair line of the 25. Rainer's got Fisher beside him in the backfield. Three wide receivers to the left, one to the right spread. Taking their time. Rainer is going to keep this himself, runs right up the middle, gets the first down. Jukes past the defender, gets brought down at the 40, but that's going to keep the ball here with East Forsyth and move the chains first and 10, East Forsyth. And Rainer ran right out of the way of the blitz. The Knights had a corner blitz on. And he came, and the and the blitz man came from his corner position straight in, but Rayner took it right up the gut away from the blitz and was able to pick up that first down. Good read by Rayner to see what was going on there with the blitz call. And it looks like Audrey Kell's calling for it again, but from the other side, they drop out of it. A little game of chess going on here at the line of scrimmage. 
And it's like Audrey Kell's going to try to maybe do it again. They do try to do the blitz, but this time Ingram gets the ball. He's still on his feet past the 50, all the way across midfield to the Audrey Kell 42-yard line. That's another East Forsyth first down. Yep, and Ingram was able to also run just outside of the blitz, pick up a huge chunk of uh, yardage he got behind old Connor Hartley, which is not a bad young fella or big fella to get behind. Love Hartley. He's a great kid. <laughs> oh, he yes, was he on the is. He was on the nest this past week. He uh, sure was. You've had a streak of whenever kids are on your show, they usually have a pretty good game uh, three days later. <laughs> well, I think I broke my streak, Des, because uh, Caleb White is out tonight. He oh, is unable no. to play. And, uh, well, he was he two had, weeks ago. Yeah. So, <laughs> We're just count but he did have him. a good game last week. He did. He had a really good game. 6.05 to go in the contest. A little bit of trickery in the backfield, but not enough to fool Audrey Kell. They tried to do a, a double handoff kind of thing to Ingram. And number 74 is coming into the yeah, game for who. the Eagles. Number 74, <laughs> Xavier Crawford. He's a freshman. He's a freshman, 330-pound <laughs> offensive lineman. Can you believe the Eagles have this big fellow to look forward there to was, to the next three years? There was a cheer that came up from the crowd. He ran in. We were like, who is that guy? And he had to go look on the roster. So he's getting a little getting a little run here on the on, on left tackle. Yeah, he's a big feller now. I tell you, I'd hate to have to endure his grocery bill. <laughs> 525 to go in the contest. He's for Scythe. Second and 15. They're keeping the ball on the ground. Fisher darts it out, gets to a blocker, gets all the way close to the to the stick. Actually, a nice run by Fisher. Gain of about seven. Yep, it's still going to be bring up a third and long. For or the it brought it up to the original stick, I should say. The, mm -hmm. the, the linesman had the thing turned to the side, so I couldn't see it there. So it is third and 11. Ball is on the Audrey Kell 45-yard line. East Forsyth keeping this ball on the ground on this drive and chewing up some clock. And just under five minutes left in the game. And the Eagles look to the sideline to get the call from Coach Horton. They still got 14 seconds on the on the play clock, so they've got some time to just burn this off here. Uh, even though, yeah, the clock is running. 4:35 to go in the game. Rainer's going to keep it himself. Runs along the left side of the line, probes, tries to find some opening, gets to the corner, picks up positive yards, and gets ran out of bounds right around the 30. That's going to be, I think that's a first down, depending on where they put this. He did, and Rainer gave a pretty stiff arm to number 55, Ron Stevens, the uh, offensive uh, defensive lineman for the Knights. And he had him uh, halfway locked up, but he was unable to bring him down. So that's going to bring up first and 10 for the Eagles. So he did get the first down before he got out of bounds. Rayner with the hard call, the hard count, trying to get Audrey Kell to jump off sides. Fisher moves up to that flanker spot. Ingram beside Rayner, and he takes the snap up the middle of the field. A hard run by, uh, by Ingram all the way up close to uh, red zone territory. Yeah, it looks like he picked up about nine yards on the play. It's going to have it about the 22-yard line of Audrey Kale. And the Eagles uh, seem to be having their way. They seem to be in control of this ball game. They're not really in the fast, hurry-up offense, offensive pace anymore. They've burned a lot of clock on this drive. I think they got this ball with like 10 minutes to go in the, in the quarter, didn't they? I, I'm not sure what it was. I wasn't even paying attention, Des. I'm sure I looked at it. I just didn't even write it down or document it. But they're definitely controlling the pace of this game right now. Another handoff and just diving forward, I believe, is LeJay Fisher. 
Oh, no, that was Ingram again. Ingram stepped back and is starting to take some of those tailback responsibilities again. Mm -hmm. He's been playing slot receiver most of the game. And, you know, Dez, I have to tell you, you know, sometimes in games like this when you, you know, kind of run your mouth a little bit if you're the, you're the Knights, you know, you got to also back up that talk that you talk. You know, you just can't talk to talk. You got to walk the walk, too. And this week the Knights have been doing some talking, but tonight they're doing absolutely zero walking. So I tell you what. Rainer keeps that, gets up the field for about two yards. That's going to be a first down for East Forsyth, moves the chains again. Yeah, I, so I will I will give Audrey Kell credit because they're holding an offense that's been averaging 50 points per game to 17 points. However, the East Forsyth defense has held them to zero. So That's right. And a, a team that said that they were going to beat the Eagles 35-14. to 14. You know, you know, obviously somebody over there was disillusioned. <laughs> you know, I'd like to know who wrote that stuff. I'd I, love to have a conversation with them one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> At about two minutes and 42 seconds, it's not going to matter if, uh, if East keeps this ball. And it looks like East's intention is just to hold this ball yeah, until the end not? of the game. Why not? It's been hard enough for the Knights to even get into the red zone to begin with. 17 points might feel insurmountable for Audrey Kell. Ingram probes. Just holds on to the ball, nothing fancy. Picks up about two, three yards. They're in the Bodenhammer Plumbing red zone. And like you said, the Eagles are in no rush uh, to, to, to run to the line of scrimmage and try and move the ball. It's two minutes, ten seconds left in the contest. And they're just kind of taking their time looking for the call from the sideline from offensive coordinator Ronnie Horton, who's, shuff, 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 who's shuffling in those signals like a champ. Keeping an eye on these scores around the triad as well as we wind down this contest here. Under the two minutes, 152 to go and counting. Eagles leading 17-0 with the ball in the red zone. Ball is on the Knights 19-yard line. They hand off to Ingram. He runs to the right-hand side, cuts into the corner, picks up some positive yards. He's near the first down marker again. He's very close. He's just short of the first down, uh, but he's just outside of the 10-yard line. And it looks like we've got a player down on the field. It's Audrey Kell One of player. the Knights. We yeah. never want to see any players down. Uh, you know, this is a rough sport. It's hard on your body. And the last thing we do is want to see any young, the, the young guys hurt out there. So while we're – it looks like he's going to be okay. He's up and walking off. Yeah. Uh, Porter Ridge has reopened the lead on Grimsley. 34-27 to 27 is the score there in the fourth quarter. i got to think that they're close towards the end of that contest as well. Myers Park leads Glenn 41 to 35. If these two scores hold, if I'm not mistaken, East Forsyth would host a playoff game next week against Myers Park. Yeah, I think Myers Park is the lower seed. I think they are. Between the Eagles and, and oh, Myers Park. We'll get a check on that. If you go to tobaccoroadsportsradio.com, the uh, or excuse me, if you go to sportscallonamonthly.com, the, the brackets, the interactive brackets are actually there. So we'll get a we'll get a feel on that. Minute 27 to go here in this game. Third and two for East Forsyth. They keep it on the ground and pick up the first down. And to be honest, Rod, they can kneel this out, can't they? Yeah, they could the kneel down. it out. It wouldn't be a problem. It's just a matter of whether or not Arja Carroll wants to call timeout. You know, if they want to call timeout. They have one. Uh, yeah, that's all they have is one timeout. But they can use that timeout to stop the clock if they want to. If not, that, the Eagles are going to do just that. They're getting in victory formation. And they're just going to kneel and down the ball, and the referee is there uh, to make sure that the victory formation and snap of the ball goes the way it's supposed to. So clock winding down, 48 seconds left to go in this contest. East Forsyth's going to win this 17-0 and advance to the third round 
of this vicious 4A Western Regional. We've seen some of the bigger powerhouses fall so far. We've only been playing two weeks in this playoff. But East Forsyth survives, and if this score stands at Glenn, they will be hosting a playoff game next week in, at the Nest, and they'll be playing Myers Park. All right, man, we'll see you. So that's going to – well, the clock's still running down. There's 20 seconds to go left here in the contest, but uh, they're already lining up, and they don't have to run another play. Yeah, excuse me, Dad. Some of the coaches were just saying, hey, we're going to see you later. They, we were up here in the, in the press box with the coaches, and they were saying, see you later. We'll see you back over at the Eagles' Nest as uh, these last three seconds wind down, and that's going to do it. I was just, just told that Myers Park is a 12 seed. I want to say East is higher than that. I think East is an 11. Yeah, I believe the Eagles are a higher seed. I, I don't know exactly what number. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, the Eagles really don't care. They, they really just want to line up. Really Whoever don't. lines up in front of them, that's who they're going to play, and that's who they're going to prepare for, just like they prepared for the Audrey Kale Knights this evening. And the Eagles do the opposite of what the Knights predicted. And the Knights predicted that the Eagles would leave here with a loss under their belt. And the Audrey Kale would bring on the next group up. And for Audrey Kale, the next group up will be the couch. You'll be hanging out with me. Oh. And the Eagles next week <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> will be taking on, if the score holds up, as Dez said, Myers Park. Well, come to fun, uh, Myers Park is actually the higher seed. So... Will be another trip to Charlotte. Yeah, next week. Myers Park is the 12 seed. East Forsyth's the 13 seed. So, if that score holds, and we're keeping an eye on that here, we won't be on the air for too much longer as East Forsyth uh, moves on the third round of the playoffs here with a 17 to zero grinded out victory over Audrey Kell. That's going to end Audrey Kell's season. Myers Park leads 41 to 35 over Glenn in the fourth quarter. That game is actually on. Uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio right now. You can hear the conclusion to that contest. Just flip over and listen to J.P. Mundy and Coach Resignalo uh, give you the end of that game. Or if you're in Guilford County, you can hear on WCOG 1320 AM. Final thoughts, Rod, on what we saw here tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just what you have to do in playoff football. You have to run the ball. You have to play good defense. That's what East Forsyth did tonight. And don't get me wrong, Audrey Kale played really good defense tonight but I don't think they ran the ball enough what we talked about uh, they do have a good quarterback they do have some good skill guys and I think they pushed the issue as far as trying to put the ball in the air too much tonight especially on a night that was getting a little colder and colder as the night went on you have to be able to run the ball in the playoffs you have to be able to play defense East Forsyth was able to do that Audrey Kale could not live up to that standard tonight and that is why the Eagles will be moving on to the third round of the playoffs. We're going to get out of here because we're about two hours away from the house. But <laughs> <laughs> we're doing that so you can flip over right now, catch the end of uh, Glenn versus Myers Park. That game looks like it's coming down to the wire. So definitely switch over. J.P. Mundy and Coach Resignalo from the Carolina Cobras with the call over there. The winner of that game will face the winner. Well, will face East Forsyth next week. We don't know where we'll be. We'll either be East Forsyth Glenn or we'll be at Myers Park doing East Forsyth Myers Park. But we will be with East either way uh, next week on WTOB. For Rod Funderburg, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening to high school football playoff second round. East Forsyth victorious 17-0 over Audrey Kell. Go over there and listen to Glenn versus uh, Myers Park. Go ahead and switch over.